the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, back with you on a Tuesday. Power panel is uh, convening. We've got R.D. here, R.D. Hopper. He's hey, from uh, Sonny's Auto Salvage. And then Paul Calvert is here. Uh, Paul joins us every uh, week as well for the most part. And he is here as a, um, I guess you're, you're, you're a landlord. I am. That's I what am. you do, okay? That, I mean, among, among other among things. Among other things, like making a boat. Right We're now, just I'm, talking I'm, about I'm this. a boat builder right now. You're making a boat. How are you making... And I've, hear, I've heard it's going to be made out of steel. Stainless steel. Stainless steel. Yeah. So, so are you what new what new techniques are you having to learn to be able to do this? Well, I, I bought a TIG welder. I've never actually had a TIG welder before. Which so, is a what? What kind of well, what it, does that mean? It uses um, a tungsten electrode. Okay. Um, and as opposed to a, a, a stick welder, uses rods that, that yeah. burn up, that burn up. A lot of people are familiar with that. Um, and then there's MIG welders. Those use a wire. Okay. And then um, a. a a TIG welder uses a tungsten electrode that doesn't really get used up. Okay. And um, so it's it's basically it's it, it uses an arc to heat the metal and then it it mixes and you can add filler rod to um, to add add extra material. Okay. So what is its benefits over the others? Um, a stick. I think a stick, you can weld ladder material without you, you burning can, through you it. Can on weld, a stick rod, you have to. You can have weld, pretty heavy steel to weld. You can a weld stick very rod light with. material with this. Um, you can make very fine welds with a TIG welder, but you, you can weld pretty light material with a wire feed welder or a MIG welder True. as well. Um, a stick welder is handy for um, kind of rough work and outside outside stuff like if like if you're building a. Um, a, a steel building outside. A lot of times, if you have to do some welding on it, you'll use a stick welder for that because it's just okay. it's it's so much more convenient for for running long long leads and um and getting into kind of out of the way places. Okay, all right. Now, so you got one of those? I do. And why did you need one of those? I mean, I would think you could rivet some things together. I, I, I maybe could. I don't. I'm I'm not actually very familiar with the use of rivets. That's one of those things that I just haven't been exposed to very much. But with this, I'm I'm welding the the boat together, and it's it's stainless steel sheets is what it is. And, okay, well um, you got to be able to throw them, and somebody's got to catch them, and then somebody's <laughs> got to take them and put them in place, and then another person uses a a, a riveter. You got to have oh, a riveter. That's, that's how oh, that yeah. works. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to heat them all up like cherry red and drive them uh, in with back, a jackhammer. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. Years ago, <laughs> that's how they did jackhammer. Uh, yeah, they back used to have a jackhammer, and yeah, you heat them up cherry real red. high. Is that, 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 it seems like I recall seeing that on TV or something <laughs> yeah. where they would yeah, they would heat, they would have them heated up and they toss them up they punch them in and they when they were building sites uh, the, you big, know those big old uh, skyscrapers uh-huh. back in the day well, they used when, to throw them by up thirty forty that's feet where men were men they had special gloves that uh-huh. they would catch them in with special gloves yeah. and stick I, them I, in the hole I bet that might have been before um, welding was actually readily available and i bet you that's before they had not said that you can't use asbestos yeah, yeah i would say so but yeah 
Yeah, that's the the riveted like they were doing is better than welding. <laughs> is it? Oh yeah. Well, it ends up with a very very tight joint, I bet. Right. Yeah. And it worked. And this and they, they, the you know, Empire they, State Building is still standing. Yeah, they that's still right. they use, still use rivets for some things. A lot of a lot of truck um, trailers have have a lot of rivets. Use in them, them in blue and blue jeans. Oh, they do. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm just going yeah. by no. what I. You know, oh, you're right. I've seen riveting is something I just haven't been um, exposed to very much. So I haven't really used good. it. I use Nothing screws good. and bolts and and welding. Yeah, I, I'd like to learn how to weld aluminum. That's something I haven't really messed with very much. And um, I discovered I was kind of disappointed yesterday. I discovered that the, the TIG welder that I bought is not really designed to weld aluminum. Hmm. It'll do steel and some other metals, but um, aluminum you need a, an AC power source yeah. for that whereas the, the we'll dc have to power get you source certified first we'll get you a license to oh. use all that stuff you know sorry if anybody gets out and drowns <laughs> on that boat we're gonna we're gonna well, have to I, pull I, your license I, I put enough styrofoam inside the thing i don't think it'll sink <laughs> so okay so you've already got it shaped and everything, oh yeah huh? yeah it's starting to look like a boat now okay mm-hmm. so did I hear you say you're going to make it in a, as a catamaran? A is catamaran, yes. Yeah, so, which I know what that is. Yeah, it's for, the, for, those, for those of our listeners, it's like a pontoon boat, but it's, it's designed for sailing. It's a little more aerodynamic or, or, or streamlined, if you will, right. than, a, um, than a pontoon boat. It's designed to sail. Mm-hmm. And um, this one's the one I'm building is 24 feet long. Okay. I've, I've had I've had catamarans for years. I've been selling them for years. I've, the longest I've ever had, had is an 18-foot. And I like that length. It's it's pretty fun to sail. I've got a Hobie right now, and, and I like it. It's fun. Uh, but I wanted to do something a little bit bigger. So and, now uh, are you planning on sailing across the Pacific or something? Probably not across the Pacific, but I might take it down to the ocean some. Okay. And we'll see. But, you get uh, out in the deep water. Yep. Don't, yep. don't try to hold your breath <laughs> when you go down under the water, and then don't try to breathe all of a right, sudden. Right, right. Well, it, it doesn't work yeah. real well. <laughs> so, so my my buddy Timothy, you, you've met him. Yeah, yeah. Town. We were talking about him a couple of weeks ago. He does yeah, he's tree coming, work. Yeah, he's coming out to my house uh, Friday. Good deal. And so, um, so he he and I are working on that together. And um, so he he would like to come down and, and maybe do that, do some sailing out in the ocean with that boat. Wow. At some point. Okay. So when do you when are you expecting to break the bottle of champagne on this? Hmm. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that too much. But do, do, do you want to come to the ceremony? I want you. Know, I like this. I want to see it when he sails yeah, off to the new it. world. When he sails off to the uh, new world, we'll all be there to wave goodbye. Is, the, is that going to be Antarctica? Uh, yeah. the new, or, when we can, if we can get enough global warming going on, to we, or we can get this new world um, um, habitable? <laughs> yeah, really. Is there, is, there, is there some way we can actually get enough global warming going on um, to make Antarctica livable? I don't know. It t- depends on what kind of squirrel or fruitcake you talk to. I don't know. Maybe AOC <laughs> can tell us how to create enough global warming. For yeah, them. yeah. May, might be able to. Okay, so it's kind of cool. You've done this before. You've not told us that one of your other things is shipbuilder. Well, I've never actually built a boat before. This is the first time. I thought, oh, you've bought well, I've, I've bought them before, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. my, I've, I've got a Hobie 18 right now. Hobie is a real common um, brand of um, catamaran. So okay. They're, they're the kind of the classic catamaran that's out there right now is a Hobie 16, a 16 foot Hobie catamaran. Hobie is the brand, and um, but I've got a Hobie 18, and it's, it's just a little bit bigger, kind of a it's probably a little bit faster boat than the Hobie 16. Okay, so are you able? Tell me if you've seen this before, Artie. All right. People are out 
sailing these things, all right? And they're like standing on the bottom pontoon and they're pulling something. I don't know what it is they're pulling, but they're up on one yeah, side of it and they go, Oh, yeah, I can do that. Zooming yeah. down. You can do that. I can do that, yeah. Really? Absolutely. Yeah, I've done it. Do you have the netting between them so that you, um, can't, you can't fall out? Yeah, it's got, it's got a trampoline between it. A trampoline? That's what they call it. It's a, okay. It's, it's a, um, my, the Hobie 18 is actually, um, like a vinyl type material, so it's not it's not it's not mesh. But um, I'm, I'm learning in, things today about yeah. our our fellow person here. I, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea mm-hmm. you were into yeah. all of yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of a neat hobby, and it's it's. Um, my dad used to like it before he died because it was kind of quiet and peaceful, and it's mm-hmm. the gas mileage is phenomenal. Yeah, since there is no <laughs> gas, I, I tease about how I could in a in a long race I could beat a ski boat. Um, but it's got to be a pretty long race because they, they've got to run out of gas first. Oh, okay. They've got to run out of gas and you keep <laughs> so, going. So if so it's your wind powered. I'm wind powered, right. I, could, I can go 1,000 miles, whereas the ski boat's going to run out after 400 miles. Maybe. Okay. I got maybe you. Less, okay. Well, here's Jan Morgan. Yeah. She's making her way hey. in. We're working real hard on uh, getting some things taken together so that we can broadcast on her Facebook yeah. as well. Yeah, because I was Should in there fun. talking to your engineer instead of being in here talking to you guys. Mm. And here's the thing. This is the craziest thing, okay? So this this just goes to show you what the kind of crap that Facebook does. Uh, and you have to understand, and, and they're, they're doing it to conservatives. There's no doubt about it, okay? Mm-hmm. So he types in my name. Right. And it won't even pull up my page. It's like I don't even exist. So if someone's searching for Jan Morgan, it doesn't even pull up. But yet he typed in Paul's name, Paul Calvert. Your page pulls up. He typed in yours. Everybody else's. But if you type in mine, it's like I don't exist. So, you know, we've been through this before with Facebook. The Uh last time, uh, Facebook completely deleted my page, Uh as well as several other conservatives that had over several hundred thousand followers. And... um, Fox News did a story on it, and they suddenly created, you know, it created a monster. They, they couldn't explain why that happened, so they fixed it. Uh, so now I have video, and oh my gosh, you brought chocolate-covered strawberries I today. Did. That's just great. <laughs> so, I smell them. I see them. It's just, and he puts them right in front of me when I'm trying yeah, to we concentrate. Yeah, we got a couple of senses. Totally just lost concentration. On, you know. so, so not yes. only do I build boats, I also make chocolate-dipped strawberries. Yeah, he's been, he's and you're still single? What is up with that? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. You need, you need to help me with that, by the way. You need to help me find a wife. I've already told you how to the do The job description is too long. You need you to come to, to the gun range. It. The best place to find a future mate is at the firing range. Okay. A, a gun range. On, on, on ladies' right. because, day? Because are you really interested in a woman who doesn't shoot? It would be nice to have one that can shoot as good as I can. Well, or maybe even better. That, 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 now, you're, now you're narrowing. Don't cross the, her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now, it's let's done. just try to find you one who's interested in learning. Because, you know. uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great place to meet. In fact, there are a number of gun ranges in America that have uh, uh, singles night where hmm. only well, singles Maybe you should have a in. singles night. Invite me. You know, I, I, here's the problem with that. I don't want people coming to my range distracted by yeah distracted oh. by trying to pick up somebody else. I want people to come to my range with a focus on working on your skills okay so yeah i don't even like it when people but anyway jan what would we call that i mean there's tinder you know where people hook up using tinder yes could could there be some kind of thing we got set up on you know your your cell phones just for shooters just for shooters you know i've suggested that before you could become a multimillionaire, paul just start that create a website a dating site for people interested in guns 
my wife has said that if i ever leave her after taking the best years of her life <laughs> that she's going to practice her skills to hone in on her shooting yeah. skills she's a much take? yeah she's a much better shooter than i am okay. so i'd be in big trouble uh, okay <laughs> hey, well, i met my husband That's at the fun. gun range in fact the very gun range that, that we ended up buying oh wow yeah isn't that cool we should have gotten married there but we didn't <laughs> we should do weddings there yeah, it, it, but actually, this was the coolest thing. Uh, you know how kids are always looking for something unique to do on prom night oh, yeah. to make their prom night different than oh, everybody else's? Shootings. There was a couple that actually booked my range uh, privately so that they, they drove up in their limo and these, you know, they get out and they shot hey, AR 15s right. in their evening gown and tuxedo. Nice. It, I have pictures. It's the coolest nice. thing ever. Very cool. Yeah, yeah that is very pretty cool. That's she nice. actually said she wants to be a lawyer for the NRA one of these days when she hmm. grows up. She looked like. She could be Sarah Palin's daughter. She was a miniature Sarah. Very conservative, very, you know, and her parents are the one that booked the range. Nice. So That's very nice. She wanted Fun. to check out his skills. In other words, so if you can't shoot, she, she at was, least as well as I do, if you don't shoot an AR, I'm not interested in you. What's the limo and camo? Limo and camo? Yeah, camo. But no, no, these people showed up in a tux and evening gown. They shot. But I, was I, it in camo? No. Oh, okay. They I shot mean, black evening gown, black tuxedo. Okay. I mean, they looked glamorous because they left there and went to the prom. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when I went to the prom, we we both wore uh, black roses. Black roses. That's more really bit. strange. That was very, That's more. What there was, was a lot was of political things that? going on when you were in college. There was all I, kinds of political I, statements. Yeah, I was. What all, did that mean? To I, was all, I was into horror movies and stuff. And so was she. We oh, both enjoyed that. You so were one of those kind of people. people. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't paint our fingernails black or anything. That's good. You know, we didn't do any of that okay. kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, we're talking 1969. Yeah. So, you know, when dirt was first invented. Yeah, I was only six years old then. So. Yeah. I knew some people who had dated you. No, I'm just kidding. Don't be exposed to any doing the peace signs at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember driving down the road and everybody giving each other the peace signs while they were going down the road. Peace, brother. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. I remember. I remember all the first that. time I bought my first pair of bell bottom jeans. You know, the real <laughs> big bell bottom jeans, and then you're supposed to let them drag the ground and step El- on them, and, that's, and they, and they wear out the back. Ready. I remember my dad that's had elephant. a fit. Elephant. Bells. Yeah. I came down the stairs in those those jeans, and he said, "Oh no, you're not going to school in that till you get those hemmed." And you know, <laughs> taken up, so yeah. My dad was very conservative. It was big, a big thing back there. The other thing that was big uh, a few years before that was pegged jeans. Yeah, they pegged. Were, yeah, they call them skinny jeans. Now. Well, and then they came oh, okay. back. Yes, everything and roll them up at the end. You have to yeah. cuff them. That yep. was back in the fifties. Yeah, like Fonzie era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's not when I was in it high just, school. That's why well, my you keep your clothes were, long enough. They just come back they in style. They come back in the <laughs> style. Right. Yes, they do. <laughs> you well, don't and, have to buy the new ones. And, and then, the, then you have the style where they have all the holes and stuff in them. You know, I used to start throwing my jeans. That's grunge. Well, grunge I, I, I guess, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I kind of throw my stuff stuff. away when it starts getting so many holes in it that it doesn't just, they don't stay on anymore. Yeah, right. Well, right. they're back to that now. I mean, I look at uh, <clears throat> people wearing jeans, and we used to patch them. It used to be the cool thing to have holes in your jeans and then you and patch them with other you know material so how would you material. describe this era of dress in by by and large wannabe i was thinking 
the the era of the yoga pant because I yeah, mean, yeah. everybody is wearing right. yoga pants. That, that is a really yeah. popular thing right mm-hmm. now. It and is. yoga pants are as long a lot as guys like, don't wear. It. I, you know, I just that no, just doesn't that just doesn't no. look right. Was, was guys, guys wearing skinny jeans bothers me enough. Yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, you know, yoga pants is like spandex. Hmm? Yes. You've got to know your limit there. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. You've got to yeah. know your limit. I'm just hey, saying. Hey, that's why, yes, did you see the pictures I posted yesterday on Facebook? I did not. I, well, you'll have to take a look at them. I, I worked will. in the yard all day yesterday. Oh, I did see that. You saw, yeah, and so I to balance out. Somebody fussed me. They're like, I can't believe you wore, you know, two mags on one ankle and then a gun with 12 mag, uh, you know, 12 rounds in, on the other ankle. And so I had to balance it one. out. It was like wearing leg weights. It's it was a workout. 13 plus one. You, that's right. You burn more calories by wearing those. Sure. And then you're safe at the same time. Yep. And yeah, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with yeah. it, huh? No. It makes sense. No. Yeah. Especially if you got a lot of land. Yeah, I carry open. You may be I'm quite sometimes. a ways away from the house or whatever. Right. That's right. And like, I th- was it you or somebody else that said, the worst time you can need a gun is when it's in the house and you're outside. You're outside. Yeah, exactly. you were saying that on your post yes. that yesterday, I think it was. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, a lot of people work in their yards and they think that, you know, it's perfectly safe. And, and most of the time it is. But that one time that it isn't is not the time you want to be without any way to defend your life. And I tell the ladies in my class, when you're hovering over your little flower beds and you're planting your beautiful flowers, if some guy comes from out of nowhere, which is where they always come from, you know, and and and. and puts a knife or something to your back and says, come on inside, baby, we're going to have a good time. If your gun is on the nightstand by the bed instead of on you, you're going to go in the house and you're not going to have a good Whereas time. Whereas if yeah. he sees that gun on your ankle, he might just say, you know what? It's like, it, she's not, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not interested. Uh, she's just, more, she's she not is very more trouble than today. she's wor- yeah. worth. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's usually, right. It's a deterrent. Open oh, sure. carry is a deterrent. Okay, we got to get a bird kid. Let's do that. The reason we started late today on Facebook Good to have you with us, uh, is that we're trying to get it set up so that we can put the show on Jan's site, too. And we got it figured out, but now mm-hmm. we got to get with the people that are, you know, taking care Look of Jan's this. site and making sure that we can get her site on with us. Now, remember that is coconut oil chocolate in case you're allergic to coconuts. I'm not allergic to anything. And coconut. Dark Especially chocolate. anything that has it's, chocolate. It's, it's, dark, it's coconut oil dark <laughs> I'm gonna, chocolate. I'm going to eat on so it during the break. Good. Okay, well, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, there was a question that you wanted answered, and that is why no guns were allowed in the Mount Magazine Lodge. Lake Washita and Lake Washita State Park in some areas. I have found the answer. Okay. Well, none's going to satisfy so, me uh, unless they say, oh, it was a mistake. We need to take the signs down. That's, that's the only the, answer. That is the answer for Washita. Yes, good. Those are old signs. Good. Just so you'll know. I, I will tell you that I you... I knew you would get the answer You have people. to have an enhanced carry to be able to do <laughs> Mount Magazine. We'll get back and talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, what were you telling me? Something I was telling about, you something? Something about reach. Oh, yeah. Well, I just broadcast live. Oh. I shared your live program on my Facebook page. Oh, okay. But we need to work it out so that I can share it live from my page instead of just sharing the live That's from That's what we're page. trying. We're, we're working on it. We're, it's it's a work in progress. Because there are a lot of people, most of the things that we talk about on this show are, you know, they're Arkansas related, but a lot of it's national too. Yeah. And everybody should be interested. So, so let me tell you, give you a quick answer. I got 60 seconds. Okay. So Jr. Davis was mm-hmm. on my show mm-hmm. last Thursday, and I asked him specifically about the first one I wanted to answer was on Mount Magazine and why at the lodge you couldn't carry. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. The answer to that was they serve alcohol there. So they can't let you have your gun, except unless you have the special permit now. No, they only serve alcohol in one area it that I know matter. of. I didn't even know of that. Yeah, it's, it, it, well, that's it didn't just, matter. <laughs> so so a building such a, well, that's just, that doesn't even make sense. But okay, whatever. Do I'm gun sorry. laws ever make sense? No, but okay, the problem is, yeah, the problem is, is no, you, you're, you can even, you, alcohol, if it's a majority of what they serve, for example, if a, in a bar, if a majority okay. of what they serve is alcohol instead of food. Hold on. Then we'll, you can't We'll talk about there. it when we come back. All right, we got to take a break. All right, back with you. I made her stop until we came back. Now I will go. Now remember, don't shoot the messenger here, okay? <laughs> I, I'm just telling you what I was told. I told you I would ask the question. They gave me the answer, mm-hmm. and it's for the uh, for the uh, lodge. It's because you got to have an enhanced. So once care. again, people have to pay. For a right that the state That's has taken correct. from them to get permission to exercise something that is God-given, that should never have been taken. And, and when I say pay for it, the enhanced class, everybody that I've checked with who's teaching it, it's over 100 bucks. Some are 150 what they're charging. And it's nothing but a regurgitation of 25 pages of Arkansas law. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can't shoot here. You have to run. You're required to run. You have to prove. You have to prove that you couldn't escape. Uh, it, it's The enhanced carry legislation is the most outrageous piece of gun legislation i think that has happened to this state in decades yeah because it you have to break it down and tell everybody what they can and can't do and it makes it hugely it financially discriminates against people who cannot afford to pay a hundred extra dollars or 150 for a class to carry well i'm an old guy now so it only costs me 25 bucks interesting (laughs) no but you the class doesn't you don't get to just oh, yeah, get right, an enhanced right, license. Yeah, yeah, you, you have, to pay, have to pay an instructor to take the class. Yeah, and, and be old, the instructors are, are yeah, charging. I, I think it's so ridiculous I had to do it. I, went, I was in the military. I knew everything they told me to, to sit there and say, this is called the hammer. And you I'm know like, what, here, really, I thought we were talking about, is it a ball-peen hammer? <laughs> yeah, here's I, another thing that irks me. <laughs> if you have served in our military, you should not have to come back home after serving in the military and ask for a permission slip to carry a gun and pay the state for a permission slip to carry. And to, and to pay to sit in a class with an instructor who probably knows far less about firearms handling than you do. Well, I and, can and tell yet you they this have much. to do it. And it restricts your freedom, too. It restricts your freedom. So you're actually paying to gain some freedom and lose others right. because there are restrictions within it also. You know, at my range, actually hold a spot every week. I hold one spot for a veteran. where We give the class free. So if you're a veteran, you don't have to pay me for, for a permission slip. So a veteran, and I save one spot for somebody in law enforcement. Cool. And we give those free every week. But, but. I once had a Navy SEAL take my class. I said, what in the world are you doing in my class? What could I possibly teach you about gun handling? And he said, look, I want a permit to carry a gun Mm -hmm. in Arkansas, and I'm going to have to take somebody's class, so it might as well be yours. And I was like, I am so sorry that you're having to do this. Did you read the story about the law that they passed in Florida? So teachers called guardians can carry guns did you see how many hours of education they got to take are you ready there's what 
141 hours. Hey, in the city of <laughs> and Welland, I said, Michigan. About what? In one city of Michigan, the city council passed an ordinance that in order to carry in the city limits there, you have to take 1,100 hours what? of additional training. Yes. Wow, 1,100. Yes. 1,100. Can, can we kick them out of the union somehow? And you have to can write a 1,000-page essay on top of that, a 1,000-page essay explaining why you need to carry a gun Who judges the essay? Who judges the essay? The city council, I'm sure. Wow. Yes. They can't read that Can we much. scoop them And it's over 1,000 bucks, them? the training class that you have to take wow. so basically they're telling people we don't want you armed and that was the the police chief there that was his idea mm-hmm. so that's why i, I tell people that it's important not just your state elections but you need to pay attention to who you're electing for city and county offices as well because this kind of stuff can happen just because they're your friend doesn't mean you should put them in charge of you yeah that's like one of those cities you. that have a 500 dollars a day fine if you don't mow your grass or something like that Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you just said that. In charge of you. Yeah. Dave. Now, do you hey, understand so, so what you I'm saying? So you have fallen guilty of the mentality that people who are serving us in public office yeah. serving. Are, are over us instead of us being over the – I'm no, trying to, get, to reverse this whole mentality that has taken over well, see, our country I'll, I'll, that when you're elected to public office, you become a god, so, so one of the, one of these, a king. So one of the things that I see down at the Capitol sometimes is they talk and about – And I agree with you that they're not, but – the law tends to bestow upon them with some kind of magic pixie dust. They think that, they, that they're that and way. So they, they the talk, law. So they, sometimes you, you mean city, the law that they make. When these That's cities, correct. When mm-hmm. these cities want to maintain their power so status. So don't vote for your friends. When the, these cities want to maintain their power status, they talk about, well, local rule. You know, I don't want them to rule. I want them to serve, mm-hmm. not rule. But they do want to rule, and they mean to rule. You know, State Representative Dan Sullivan said something really interesting along those lines mm-hmm. that I loved. I love that guy. Uh, when President Trump just recently, uh, you know, the story came out that he was going to move, pull the feds out of our education system so that out of the state education system, don't be telling, don't be dictating federal rules over the states on how to educate kids mm-hmm. in their state. And then State Representative Dan Sullivan came out and said, you know, now that's great. Now we need to do the same thing with state law and pull the state government out of our cities and our communities and let each community deal with public school education the way that that community and the people in that school district see fit. That's the way it used to be. The school board actually used to read the books in the curriculum and set the curriculum for the school. So you had people that you elected that had the same morals and and the and the same values that mm-hmm. you did in that community got to choose. And the problem now, and one of the ladies that I talked to said that she wanted to be able to see now a lot of times the curriculum comes from the federal government, mm-hmm. goes into our schools, and nobody in the state of Arkansas actually sees the material before the student does. Right. And the parents have no idea what their children are being taught. Yep. It's called restoring the power to the people. That's right. That's you know, great. Less government. More freedom. Well, I tell you, there's one thing bringing up Donald Trump and election coming up that I want to hear about, and that is to be able to buy insurance across state lines. That was one of the things yes. that he stood on, that. and we're not going to take the criminals out of the capital until we take the money out of the state capital that is funding the criminals that are taking the money. And you take the money out of the state capital and you cut down 
on government corruption by taking the insurance company money out of the state. Whenever you can sell insurance across state lines, you no more have an insurance commissioner and a governor and a group of people that take large amounts of money to be able to approve who can sell insurance in the state and how much the state gets out of our insurance policies whenever we buy insurance. The state gets part of the money when we pay our our, our private insurance which, which is kind of one of the things they were talking about with this um, Obamacare stuff is that the state actually gets a pretty big chunk of they tax, tax, it. Of mm-hmm. tax, they tax money it. From, from the premiums, from what I understand. Yes, they tax the federal insurance money. So the state gets like $8 billion. Well, you know, for, for DHS and a lot of that money, I believe Josh Miller said that that the uh, Medicaid expansion is up to is two billion dollars, mm. so the state taxes that federal tax money when it comes in in order to administer they, they, a federally they, funded they, program. They so you're like paying a, taxes on was, top of is it like a like a sales tax on the insurance pr- premiums that the gov- that the federal government pays. Exactly, but I found out the other day, and I knew it. You know, whenever one family is paying two thousand dollars a month for insurance with ten thousand dollar deductibles, you know somebody else is getting that money. That family is paying for insurance for a group of people, not just themselves. And I talked to someone that works for a private insurance company. Says, yeah, that contract worked out with the state. Is there's four or five different places that your money goes from your private insurance check. So the only way we're going to tear down this thiefdom that we've got going on (laughs) is to be able to sell insurance across state lines so I can buy insurance wherever I want to in this country and the state government can find somebody else to rob. It's called free market (laughs) enterprise. Capitalism works. If the government would just get out of the way and stop bailing out failing businesses who make irresponsible business decisions, just let free market enterprise work and it works. Speaking of taxes and corruption and all that kind of stuff, I want you to listen to what Joe Turchwell said. Joe is from Hot Springs. He's an attorney, a friend of mine. Listen to what he said about the whole medical marijuana thing. He said this, we are so beat up, downtrodden and oppressed in this state that we rejoice for the chance to stand in line for hours after waiting years to pay one half what gold is worth per gram for the flowers of a plant that God created, killed no one ever directly, yet countless thousands have died at the hands of drug enforcement and would grow for free right next to your tomatoes. I kid you not. I'm done with it. Congratulations, Arkansas. You did it again. You did it your way. And I can't use the expletives he used after that. But but his point is, you know, the people who voted for medical marijuana got hoodwinked by the government. All they did was give the government a way to, was, to grow, become more corrupt in the, to, in the way they handed out thing, licenses and dispensaries. Yeah, was, and, it was a mess because this, this medical marijuana, just, if they had just legalized marijuana, that it would, would be so much better. But right. they, they actually just, they actually basically authorized the state government to... to, to Set up a new department. Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. Listen, did you see the hundreds? Did you see the lines? Oh, yeah. The $400 lines in dollars Hot Springs. The lines in Hot Springs. The, uh, people were there before daybreak waiting in line in the rain standing. I passed Uh-oh. by there just to, just to see. And it was. So, I'm telling you, I haven't become that depressed about what is happening with our state. That that was that was the bottom for me. I, I went home and I just looked at my husband. And I said, I, "How do you fix this? I mean, this is so depressing." Well, uh, they you need can't the tell money. me that that many people are that desperate 
for a drug, for for a high. I understand there are some people that truly need it, but you can't tell me that all these people are this willing to give up a right for the sake of a, a f- what? Yeah, I tell you what, they they need them. The state needs. Hey, the money when you need when you need soma, you need soma. <laughs> all That's I right. know is if you can stand in line that many hours. For a drug, I'm not so sure you need the drug. Do you? I mean, well, t- you can get it for any reason. If you look at the reasons that you can get medical marijuana, is being a Democrat, is, is being a Democrat one well, of the reasons? I think just about an ingrown toenail will pretty well pass. So, talked to a law enforcement <laughs> agent yesterday about the whole thing, and he said this is going to be disastrous for us. He said it's it's not going to help us. I said, well, you know, you you hear that people who partake of marijuana are more subdued, and he said. <laughs> just look at what's happened in Colorado. Oh, yeah. And he I've said it, it. it's not subdued. Uh, and he said it's been a disaster for that state. And he said, just watch it. And it's already, he said, we already are. It, anyway, he was very depressed about it as well. Well, illegal marijuana is about to go up because now. That just drove the prices the, up. Yeah, they, they're oh, driving yeah. the prices Actually, up. It may, be and, dri- it may be driving the prices down. You think? I, think it, I bet it probably will drive Well, see, once down. you have well, a medical marijuana prescription, does that mean you can you can buy it illegally? I mean, how, well, how are they going to prove it? And I was asking this cop. That's the reason I had the conversation with her. I said, well, how do you – you can't really stop anybody. You can't – how are you going to – if somebody's under the influence of marijuana, he said, you won't – well, if they've got a marijuana card – but you're not supposed to drive under the influence. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, but okay, so they have a medical marijuana card. And he said, the, the problem for us is that means if he's got a car full of people and he rolls down the window and I stop him and, you know, the smoke's coming it. out, he said, as long as one person in that car has a card, we can't do anything about it. And well, you and can't so tell legal from illegal marijuana. That's right. So that's the reason that I believe the illegal marijuana is going to grow the because now. Because now, if you get caught with marijuana on your before the law passed, Say then, then you the had dispensary. it illegally. But right. now, there's so many people have cards and dispensaries. What? It's not going to be the legal stuff they sell. It's not going to be you, uh, one color. And, and another, another right. going to be another color. So illegal growth is going to double. All right. A break. We'll be back. we got more. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Phone number here, 501 823 Six five. All right. Now I understand you guys are enjoying talking about buying insurance over county, state lines, things mm-hmm. of that nature. How about we talk about some of the things that Democrat uh, candidates wow. are pushing wow. as they're running for president? Are you ready for some of it? I, I'll just name a few of them. Sure. And then that's why the Democrats we'll aren't going to win. Well, let's hope not. I would have said that unequivocally five years ago. Mm-hmm. But as I've watched this country here lately, I don't say that so much anymore. I'm I'm beginning to believe there's a lot of people falling in love with socialism. How about a livable wage? We used to hear this talked about. And it would be knocked down pretty doggone easily, mm-hmm. and people would understand it's not going to work. Now, it's not that way anymore. I mean, Harris just came out the other day, and there's a lot of other people who agree with her, that if you make under $100,000 a year, you should get a $6,000 tax credit that you put in your pocket for doing that. I mean, nothing. You're just... It's transfer of wealth. You're taking people that go to school, people that take chances and build businesses, and people that do all the work 
are going to be penalized and being a reward bad behavior to people that stayed at McDonald's and didn't do anything. Okay, here, here's one that I know that that uh, Jan's going to love. No, I'm not through with that one. Yeah. I was going to comment oh, on that okay, one. Okay, go ahead. For people, for people that don't know what the big problem is with that, why not help people out who are making less money? Because that is from the Communist Manifesto from Chapter Point two. 2. Chapter 2 of the Communist Manifesto, it's called Redistribution of the Wealth. And it takes away the incentive to work harder, to do better. And when you take money from people who make more money and give it to people who make less money, that's redistributing the each, wealth. Each according to so, his ability. So anybody who supports that supports the communist manifesto. From, from their ability from so if you don't to like their it, need. We're not a communist yeah. country. Yeah. If you don't like it, you need to move to Russia or China or somewhere where communism well, is the rule. Russia more freedom. Or, or if you go to Russia, Russia is getting more free. <laughs> Russia is on their way to more freedoms, and we're on our way to less. So Russia is beginning to think capitalism is a way to improve the livelihood of the people, and half the or fifty percent of the people in America think that you know taking money away from successful people and incentivizing people to stay on the bottom is is the way to improve society. Can't you see this in the debates? If I were President Trump and and the media brought up the whole livable wage concept and Kamala Harris or whoever ends up being the Democrat nominee, I would look at that nominee and say, "So so you support the communist manifesto. That that's what you're saying. You support it because that is chapter 2. You're 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 talking about supporting communism." In America, just go ahead and admit that. Well, the, the, the notion, though, is the, the the problem is that a lot of Republicans have bought into this idea as well. They, they just they, no. Excuse just, me, they're not Republicans. Well, they they, they are Republicans in name only. They, they bought into they, that they, idea. They, they've they've got the title at least, and so they they bought into the idea on principle, but they just want to do it in a more conservative fashion. Well, I tell you <laughs> what, if you look at it's, some it's of frustrating. These, that's true, and I agree with you. But you know, it's scary, like. Dave says if you look at some of the platforms of the people that are trying to run for the Democratic Party and you look at affirmative action and you look at these people that want to make the LGBT or, or LGBTQ. All right. What, whatever the alphabet suits, they have the freedom to do what they want to really do. Yeah. But if you make that a civil right that is protected under the U.S. Constitution to where we can't get on this radio show and say that that we believe that it's that, a sin. That, that yeah, it, because it, it would be hate speech, right? Exactly. Right. And you start you start limiting our freedom of speech, yeah, or, or what, according what if, to somebody else. And I have nothing against people that choose that lifestyle for themselves. I think it's wrong. I think it's a free country, and I, I think it's against God's word, and it doesn't lead to a, a productive society because society runs out that way. But what's going to But happen? if they have the freedom to do that, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that I have to accept it and that I can't voice my opinion on how right. to or, fix and, society. And how, long, how far are we away from, from churches being sued because they say, you know what, you're homosexual, we want you to repent, but you can't be a member here. Well, you're about I'll, one Democratic president away or from a that. few judges away from that, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. How far are we? Or maybe, maybe there's some lawsuits in the books already. But, but that's actually well, possible. Okay. At this point. On that note, though, let's let's be fair about that, Paul. Mm-hmm. Because if churches are going to do that, if they're going to say you can't be a member here, and I believe me, I'm from a a, 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 a Reformed Baptist church where mm-hmm. they are, Cal, you know, John Calvinism. Okay, but. 
if you're going to get to that point, then you also have to tell people who are involved in and the, adulterous right, affairs, right. you can't the, be a member. The heterosexual, I mean, at what point, sexual immorality it, as well. I thought that you're supposed to welcome everybody, but then the membership is a different thing. And I, and I know this because we ran into this issue in our in our church choir. Somebody was singing in our choir at one time who was engaged, openly engaging in an adulterous affair. And our pastor had the uh, cojones to tell this person, you're not, you can't sing in the choir. Uh, because you know, I'm, and you're gonna. You, you, I can't stop you from coming to church here, but you can't continue to be a member in good standing if you're going to openly engage in this because it makes a mockery of the the, mm-hmm. the, the religion that you say sure. you. That's espouse. called freedom so of happened. religion, and uh, that's well, the reason cre- we almost, came to it this almost country. Split the church because people got involved on one side or the other, and you know, actually, that that pastor was being a good shepherd of the flock, yep. so which is his so there, job. So there was a group of people that are, were actually defending the adulterous relationship. They're they're. Yes, believe it or not. And and in fact, you know, he he was our church choir. Our church service was televised. So there he was in the church choir singing every week and everybody knew in the community that he was involved in this adulterous affair. And so that's, that's what it, you call bringing reproach upon the church. But but but, that, but but we do can't you can't have selective sin. Sin is sin. And uh, sexual sin isn't a sin against the body, which is supposed to be the temple of Christ. Right. And I understand that. But if you're going to attack people right. on it, one it sexual be, sin, it, it has to be across right. the board. And that's why people who are gay and lesbian get so angry at the Christian population. They say, well, you're, you have selective. You know, what but about all the people in your church that are doing this? It's and doing called that? freedom, though. You can go to church wherever you want right. to in these United States of America. And if you don't approve of what one church is doing, you have the freedom to go somewhere mm-hmm. else. Right. But the freedom of religion, the leaders in that church have the right and ability to practice however their conscience tells them to do it. And if that goes against whatever whatever you want, you, you go you're to a conscience, church. then you go to the different church. Exactly. That's called freedom. Yes. And this is called the news. So we'll be back <laughs> here in just a moment. Right. And we're going to talk about another issue that's making uh, it, its uh, face be known. And Cory Booker, senator from New Jersey, is the one pushing it. The new, as he calls it, federal gun license we'll talk about that i'm looking at jan right now and i'm rolling my eyes yeah she is it's called the constitution we'll talk more in just a moment we got echo in here all right back with you as we move along on the dave ellswick show second hour uh don't forget the bible guys are coming up at five o'clock it's going to be an interesting show today we got already got some really interesting questions to ask the bible guys as well as uh, it's going to be interesting to see what comes up today uh, in the last hour. We're going to be uh, joined by an author about the 45 myths that Christians believe, and they're going to be on with the Bible guys, so that should be for an interesting discussion, to say the least. Which means that you don't have to wait that long for an interesting discussion, because we're going to have an interesting discussion right now. Jan Morgan. Cory Booker says we need to have a federal gun license. A federal gun license. And let's see. I want to see how many people buy into that. (laughs) Well, I was amazed at how many people bought into the 50-state reciprocity thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't even really – people were like, well, we need 50-state reciprocity. We we need 50-state reciprocity, but not in the form of a license. We need it in the form of the Second Amendment says that the government shall not infringe. Just make it a a federal felony – for, for any police officer to, to harass someone. Thank you. For, for, for exercising their rights. Their rights. For crying out loud. Exactly. Yes. 
the Tenth Amendment says that if it's covered in up to this point, that the states do not have the right to to change it or to uh, well, oversee it. But if it's not if it's not covered up to this point, then uh, the freedom the states have the freedom do to know, do it. Do you know how much of a how many how much of a slave mentality the people of this country have grasped onto have cla- you know clasped onto? It, 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 even in this state, when we got clarified something that we've known all along, and that is that Arkansas is a constitutional carry state, which means that you can carry with or without a license, open or concealed, when we got that clarified because of all the confusion in this last legislative session, and then it's been clarified in, in the judicial branch of our government through the Taft case, and we got it put in writing from the House and the Senate, all that clarification to end the confusion, and still people on social media say, yeah, but there's some police officers that don't know this, and so, you know, I'm scared to carry without a permit, or I'm scared to not carry. I was like, what? It doesn't matter what a police officer thinks. What matters is the law, but people live in fear of the government, and it's supposed to be the other way around. The government is supposed to fear the people. When you have that where you fear what your government's going to do, you have passed into tyranny. Yes. Yes. But I, I just tell you, there's interesting yeah, thing that everybody should watch. Willfully. Is you should watch. There's a, there's a special on Netflix, and you should watch about East, German, uh, East Germany when it was controlled by the Stasi. Mm-hmm. And what they did... And how they were able to break their citizens mentally. The same thing's happening in our own country right now. You don't even realize it. Yeah, but the reason people don't realize it is because we don't know our history. And that's what I keep telling people. If you do not know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And when people start talking about this gun law and that gun law and we need this restriction and that restriction, I say, you know what? Would you please go look at the history of gun control? That's how it all started. And people say, even gun owners will argue and say, well, what's wrong with, you know, registering your guns? I mean, if you're abiding by the law, you shouldn't have any problem with that. Well, the reason is because registration through history has led to confiscation anytime there's an excuse for the government to confiscate. And then it goes to extermination. And then it goes to extermination of mass numbers of people. It makes confiscation possible because then they know where they are. Please watch the documentary Innocence Betrayed. Go to YouTube. It's free. Just watch it. Watch the history of gun control and then you'll understand why Democrats say, well, why do you care about this one more regulation? What's wrong with this restriction? Well, it's because one leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, and pretty soon you're totally desensitized and you look back and you say, Wow, how did we lose all these rights? That's why so many of us were upset about the bump stock ban. The bump stock ban, it wasn't about that particular item that I was so upset about. I didn't even own a bump stock. Mm-hmm. I used to a long time ago. But it's about the, it's, it's the, the it's notion the that it's we, the we're going to regulate and restrict an accessory well, to it, a firearm. Has, where does the it thing stop? Is, uh, it's a slippery slope. The bump slope. stock came about, from what I understand, the only reason why the bump stock even, even existed was because the government broke the law and told us we couldn't have full auto, auto weapons. And right. so the bump stock is a is a is a is a lousy alternative to full auto weapons, but that's, that's what it came about. And the reason it went person. from discussion to full-blown, we're going to ban it, is because Chris Cox with the National Rifle Association said on national TV that the NRA was willing to and asking alcohol, tobacco, and firearms and explosives to actually look into regulating bump stocks. And that was all ATF needed was, oh, so if it's okay with the NRA to regulate... 
Yeah, that was that a deal was a breaker. deal cut. That was, that a, was a deal that was cut. The NRA you has don't make been deals known with our rights. RD. Right, is known to negotiate our rights away mm-hmm. slowly as possible. Which is but why I'm no problem, longer a member of the NRA. Right, but the problem is coming down as parents are not raising their children to stand up for their rights and not to live their lives out of fear. Mm-hmm. We were raised that we knew that we had grandparents and parents and aunts and uncles that fought for our freedom to be able to own guns and protect our families. And we did not live out of fear. When you have family members that have risked their lives and given their lives for the freedoms that we have, Mm -hmm. those people are dead and buried. And we're not going to give away what they fought for for free. We're going to stand up for it. If people would raise their children with that mentality mm-hmm. to fight for it, and a lot of them are, uh, we still we still have many wonderful people serving in our armed forces, and we have people that are that are citizens that protect our freedoms and stand up for the rights and go to court and fight for the rights. But we have to raise our kids to stand up for what's right, and by all means. Never live your life in fear. You stand on solid ground. Know that you're right, and you have to know your rights in order to stand up. Right. You know, when you have people running for president of the United States, when you hear them refer to our country as a democracy instead of a constitutional republic, and these are people that want to be president, president. And there's a huge difference between a democracy and a constitutional republic, and yet we we let them by with that. Nobody says, "Oh, excuse me, hello." We don't live in a. I'm waiting for the debates. I wish President Trump would stop the Democrat in the debate and say, "Excuse me, I'm sorry, but uh, can I please correct you? We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. Big difference." We've got these people that literally believe in democratic socialism. So let's let's kind of break that down just a little bit. A democratic socialist believes that you are too stupid to make decisions for yourself. But they also think you're smart enough to vote to make decisions for the entire country. That's dumb. I'm sorry. If you think the people are too stupid to rule their own lives, why on earth would you actually allow them to vote to make decisions for the entire country? That's insane. Well, because, I mean, that's, because it's, just, it's, it's just cognitive dissonance. The integrity of our election system is is questionable in some states more than others. In the state of Arkansas, we got an F rating, F. Yeah. Only two states in America got an F rating on the election system, and we are one of them. Wow. And I'm, I'm hoping uh, John Thurston, our new secretary of state, he tells me that he's going to fix this. And I'm looking He's already working to, on it. Good. He's already working on it because uh, the state worked with – the, the county of Lone Oak, mm-hmm. and the county of Lone Oak had to come up with matching funds to get new election machines because our election machines were not tied to the Internet. Mm-hmm. So there was mm-hmm. very little accountability, mm-hmm. and the machines were old and being stored in conditions that was causing them to jam and, and not to work properly. So the state uh, the state government has freed up some money to, to work on this issue, but the problem is is – just like saying that we don't have money for our roads and we don't have uh, the money for election ma- machines because they're not a priority and you're spending your money on something else. We have plenty of money for roads, people. We have plenty of money for election machines. Mm-hmm. The problem is is they're spending our money in ways that uh, promote waste. socialism and waste. waste. Like more, more, more public schools Hundreds and more of millions. parks and all kinds of stuff that is is good for promoting socialism and good for promoting elections and, and getting yourself reelected. And but what about actual appropriate use of government and then leaving stuff alone that isn't the proper role of government in a free society? Do we want to be free or do we want government to be like a landlord? You know, I'm a landlord. It's my job 
And it's my responsibility and my right to tell my tenants what they can do on their property and how they can live their lives in my property. But, you know, it's not my job, it's not my role at all to tell the neighbor what they can do with their property. So long as their na- the neighbor's not somehow violated my rights with their property. Like one time I had a had one of the neighbors lived uphill from one of my properties and they had sewage coming out. Now that's a problem. <laughs> But it goes so down hill. Down. It I does hear. go down hill, and so so that's a problem. It's common in Arkansas, but, isn't but, it? Um, <laughs> but otherwise, generally, people should be allowed to live their lives as they please, so long as they're not hurting other people. Right. But the, the many people want government to be like a landlord instead of like right. a neighbor. Yes. You know, like you know, it's the solution to all problems. The, the thing right. is, the good neighbors are often willing to help defend each other's rights. I, I want my I want government to kind of be like that. Be like a good neighbor. Don't come out and tell me how I, what color I should paint my house. Well, come out it, and help me when someone's robbing me. Well, Otherwise, it, pretty much leave me alone. If you applied that theory that you just said, which I agree with the gun control, you could easy, very easily say that the Second Amendment speaks on our gun rights in this country. And if you violate anybody else's rights, mm-hmm. we're going to take your rights away from you. But until you do something wrong, sure. we're going to assume that you're a good person until you do something that's, wrong. I, I, and after you do something wrong, then we're going to address your rights. Okay, we got a caller. And Larry is in North Little Rock. Hello, Larry. How are you? Hi, guys. Uh, hey, Larry. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, three things. First thing is, I thought that was funny because uh, our preacher made the comment uh, Sunday that God gave us free will, and the first thing we wanted to know was, okay, what's the boundaries? <laughs> Good one. And he said, that is that is human nature. And, I, you know, I, the first thing I thought of when he said that was politics, and I, I okay. So, anyway, second thing was, uh, whatever idiot thinks that we need an F, uh, a, excuse me, a federal firearms license, tell them we already have one. It's called an FFL. And every legal gun dealer in the United States has one. It already exists. Good for you. Um, and the, uh, I don't remember what the third one is. You guys are doing a great job. Uh, I, I shake my head a little more every day. All right. We, Thank you. We appreciate Thank you. you. We appreciate you calling in. I shake my head because, look, I can tell you that when I was a young man, I had a lot more rights than people today have. I know. I know what we've lost. You could probably go and buy dynamite at the local hardware store when you were. A I kid. could buy fertilizer at the di- yeah. at the at the store, along with the dynamite. <laughs> you can't buy it anymore. You were innocent until proven guilty. That's exactly now right. You can't and, even buy cold medicine without. Yeah, that, the first, what, that's true too. And yeah, our, those were the good old days when when kindergarten teachers, rather than uh, parents drugging their three and four year olds who were misbehaving, they used to paddle. You know. Uh, on their behinds, and that fixed the problem. That fixed discipline, but that's how now we you, dealt with discipline issues. Yeah, I got dealt that them. a few times. In this show yeah. about <laughs> East Germany, uh, for you who think that we're not uh, losing our rights left and right, they they showed that the Stasi had a, a, uh, a file on every East German person. Hmm. They had a file on them. They said they were stunned when when the wall fell, and the Stasi just walked away from their files and said, just walked away. So it was like a gold mine to all the other countries that went in there to see what they had done. 
Uh, and it was it's very disturbing when you watch this. It will freak you out when you look this because they make this statement in this. They'll change the language on you. And we've been seeing that. You guys remember just uh, what was the last week, maybe when Barr was in front of the the Senate. Okay. And he said that there was spying in the on the Trump campaign. Mm hmm. And I, I don't remember if it was Schiff or, or Nadler who made the statement, no, that's called surveillance. Now, let me, <laughs> let me read to you this. Surveillance. Close observation, especially of a suspected spy or criminal. Quote, he found himself put under surveillance by military intelligence. Synonyms. Observation. Security. Watch. View. Inspection. Monitoring. Supervision, superintendents, spying. Do you not think that the federal government of the United States right now? What do you has, think the NSA is doing right, right now? Exactly and yet right. people balk on profiling. They're against profiling, but nobody says anything about our federal government spying on us to the limit that they're spying on us. Nobody, yeah, we all have. A yeah, we <laughs> we only know you by a number. Yeah, but you know us. That's the problem. That's the problem. It's the biggest argument. Tom Cotton and I get involved in every time he's on. Mm -hmm. In fact, he Does hasn't he been on for that? a long time. Does he yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's really? been all about the NSA. Of yeah, course. So, but, doing but, but, this. Does he support NDAA and, and the Patriot Act? Does yes. he support those? Yes. Strongly. Strongly. Well, I tell you what, it sounds more appealing all the time, you know, to, to walk away and to leave your cell phones and to leave the internet and everything else and just go out and be off the grid you can't it's, it's almost impossible to get off the grid now. true it yeah. is you have to I, I you gotta to really it, work at you it you gotta know what you're doing yeah to do I, that. I, I guess with satellite capability a, a and bigger, everything you probably oh, yeah. know where you're at i mean at aren't all you, aren't, doesn't it worry you as an everyday citizen I, look i don't have alexa I refuse to have a spy device either. in my home. Well, you do have a spy device. You have a cell you know, phone. That's you have a smartphone. Well, I can turn that off, TV. in fact. I can turn that sucker off, and I, I do it many, many times. You have but to actually take the battery here's, out. Yep. Here's the key. Here's the, the biggest key of all of it, though. We willingly give all this stuff up. We say, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I know that they can hear stuff, but it's a matter of convenience. Mm -hmm. Everybody missed my my little literary connection to Brave New World earlier in the show when we talked about people lining up to do their drugs. Soma. Soma. Mm -hmm. If everybody's read that mm -hmm. book, you know what Soma's about. Soma people, everybody wanted to have their fix. That's what they gave the people to make them complicit, to make them, you know, ready to give up their rights. Everybody felt good, so what's the big deal? Just telling you. Last time I checked, there were eight, 8,000 people in Arkansas who had already applied for and, and been given a medical marijuana prescription. Mm -hmm. yeah, 8,000 people willing There's to give up their gun rights. More. Totally willing yeah. to give up their gun rights. But what scares me is when you've got a state that is as economically dependent on the federal government as they are, uh, what are we willing to get give up to keep the money coming in all right we're going to take a break we're going to come back we're going to continue so would you put up with a federal gun license just asking no would you be willing to, i know you wouldn't i know mm -hmm. i wouldn't i know no. the other two people sitting in the studio would not but i'm looking out at all the people that are watching us right now how many of you 
would willingly go out and get a federal gun license. Let's say they passed the law, you got to have a federal gun license. You go and go out and get one? That's the question. It's never going to happen. You, you can't do that because not, not all the states are going to agree to it. And then you get into a state's rights issue. All right. Right. But if you could I mean, do California, it, can you if imagine people California? Could do it, if people could do it, here's the key. The FFL Would thing. Would you do it? The thing is, people have already complied with FFL stuff. I mean, it's, it's a it's – it, That is a gun registry. It is a violation of the Second Amendment. Yes, All it right, is. Break, then we'll be back. Okay, now, the next subject we're going to take up is something that's been all over Facebook and it's been all over social media. And it happened at the, uh, was it the Math and Science mm-hmm. School in, in Hot, Hot Springs. Springs. They had a meeting, and a kid came forward and said mm-hmm. that he had been aggressively sexually assaulted. assaulted. And it had been, uh, he had taken it to the necessary authorities, and they had at the school. ignored it. Yes. They had ignored said. it. Now, the, the people at the school say, no, we took care of it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Evidently, now this is going to get to be a big deal, mm-hmm. a real big deal. So we're going to talk about it when we come back. So if you're interested in that, you might want to join us. Stay with us because we're getting ready to go to the news here. Sixty seconds, and when we come back, we're going to take this up. I've got someone lined up already. They told me that they'd call in at three thirty-five. They were at the meeting. Kenny Wallace was at that meeting, and you can watch it on uh, YouTube, if I'm not mistaken, or on, uh, on Facebook, Facebook or why. Just find it, and you can listen to it. And it's disturbing what's going on. And now they're trying to shut it up, is what they're trying to do. So they're going to try to keep from the truth from coming out. Going to have need some people want to FOIA everything, and because that's what it's going to take to get the truth out about this right well that's not the only issue either i mean that's a huge issue but there were other issues at that school that's and, what, and that the it's a leftist and you know pushing a liberal mentality you know, and bullying people propaganda who are Republicans, is, kids there's yeah. no yeah. yeah there's a lot yeah there's a and lot they're bringing going in on. hillary to speak at their graduation no, which really people yeah. the master propaganda start let's take a break let's get the news and we'll come back and we'll uh, bring off the scab on this one All right, five seconds. Not back, back with you. We want to get into this whole thing about the, oh, excuse me, school there in uh, Hot Springs. And we were talking uh, during the break, I was talking a little bit about movies that, uh, classic movies that we uh, say that we're going to show. And we'll get uh, some things back from people, blowback. Gone with the Wind, number one. Number two is Blazing Saddles. People care more about Gone with the Wind than they do Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So here's what's really crazy about all of it, though, and that that is simply that anymore uh, you don't have to believe like what the movie is saying or whatever. Now, and Papa John's a prime example of this, Um, they got rid of, their head of their board, the CEO, I forget what his name was, and uh, they they fired him, and he they, he got fired over quoting from a movie. He he made a, a movie quote, and he says, "Yeah, that's like blah blah blah." And because he did that, 
They fire, that's why they fire. That's why in, in Louisville now, mm-hmm. it's not Papa John Stadium where the Cardinals play football. Papa John was taken off. That's why you don't see the guy that used to be the head on their commercials with Peyton Manning or anything anymore because hmm. they got rid of him hmm. because of this. Oh. And they said Political it was racist. Correctness is destroying this country. It's destroying, it's destroying not more than country. just this country. It's destroying everybody. It's destroying the world. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you know, being kind of insensitive about stuff is pretty good humor in a lot of cases. The fact is a lot of stuff that's funny is also a little bit insensitive. And, and that's... It's just life. Yes, but the problem with the Democrats is they have selective sensitivity. Right. You know, it's it, it's only statues, wrong if it's certain just, statues. Just like fat yeah, it's only wrong jokes it, or, or all I mean, kinds of different. How, how long was it? Has the the uh, the the artwork with Jesus in a in in urine at the Smithsonian? I mean, that's offensive to me. Yeah, Maplethorpe. So, so, but 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 I'm not telling people we've got to yank that down because that's that's offensive to me. I think, I'd, I'd just soon it not be tax funded. Well, well yeah, you don't but, have the freedom to disagree but with it, that's freedom of speech. You're either for freedom or you're against it. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, so I, I don't think it should be a crime speech. to do that, but I don't think tax dollars should fund it. Well, it's just like, well, it didn't fund it. Oh, good. Maple Thorpe. Well, that falls right in line with funded. what we were going to talk no, no, about I mean, now. Was it, was it, was it Smith, He's the one who was did it. The Smithsonian? And then he donated to the Smithsonian. So I guess you could say they're. They're the backing it because is. they're yeah they're keeping the Smithsonian air conditioned and things of that nature, but it didn't cost anything to put they it up there. It. Well, at least that's good, I guess. I well, they want to put us in jail for disagreeing with people and saying that we have a different source of a right and wrong. It has gone a lot far past the freedom of speech. If affirmative action passes through the courts, they will be putting people in jail for expressing their beliefs. And, and uh, you know, what this country was founded for will be over. Well, I mean, you know, the, the left has tried to basically force cake bakers to um, – Yes, but that cake baker has won his he's case. Won, he's been winning. Twice. He's been winning. Twice. So that's, twice. That, that, that's pretty cool. But that just kind of tells us where the left is and what they what their goals are. Is that basically telling a cake baker, you know, you you got to help these people celebrate their sin? Yes, but see, here's the problem. Okay, so so once again, we have selective sensitivity mm-hmm. because you had a a what gay couple that wanted this Christian baker to bake a cake for their wedding, right. and that became a, a, a national story and a lawsuit. And yet there are plenty of videos where Stephen Crowder pretended to be a gay person and he videoed himself going into Muslim bakeries and he wanted them to bake a cake and nobody cared when they said, no, we, it's against our religion. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I fully support that bakery for sure. saying it's against our religion. I don't care which, you know, you, you don't have to bake a cake for anybody. It's called free market enterprise. Sure. If somebody doesn't want to bake a cake for me, I'll just Go to another business you know, and let one, them you know, bake it. That's back to the freedom Back to the freedom again. You know, yes. I could maybe see, you know what, mm-hmm. someone's having having a major allergic reaction and they need Benadryl. And so they walk into a local shop and I need to buy Benadryl. you got to sell it to me and say, I don't like you because you're the wrong color. You know, I can, I can understand, you know, I'm taking your Benadryl and I'll pay you for it, but I'm going to take it. I can understand a forced but sale. But race is that, a race is a protected class. But well, I, I don't care. I don't. I don't care what it is. But the thing is, uh, that's a little different from I want you to build a, bake a cake for me to help me celebrate my right. my sinful because lifestyle. It's not life because or death it's not a life or death situation. 
and I, I'm I, I would I would be very sympathetic to the situation of someone you know I need Benadryl because mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to die from my allergic reaction. If but you I know don't what I got crossways with the religious right when I did not stand up and actually spoke out against. Um, remember the court clerk that did not want to hand out a marriage license. Mm-hmm. The woman she didn't want to yeah she didn't want to give a marriage license to a gay couple. Right. And I said you know what I'm sorry but when she ran for office. She's in that state. Gay marriage is legal. It is legal. So she doesn't get to bring her religious beliefs into her job. If she doesn't want to hand out marriage licenses to people that come and request it and bring her personal religion into that job, that is a state. That is a county job that she accepted. Rowling County. Yeah. You know, Mike Huckabee stood up for her. And so did uh, the, uh, you know, another. I mean, I got really crossways right, with so, the other side. They got mad at me because right, I came out on social media right, and said, so, I'm sorry, but, if, but, but she's happened, wrong. If, if that happened in Arkansas, in Arkansas, it's actually illegal for homosexuals to marry. Now, the Supreme Court has said otherwise, but they're wrong. In Arkansas, I would I would actually be in favor of the local clerks saying, you know, we're not going to issue homos- marriage licenses to homosexuals because it is illegal in Arkansas. Actually, I wish that our government would get out of the marriage business and leave it to the that, churches. Just I, I leave it to would the churches. Make, it, would be, it would solve everything. I think it would make it, it would be a vast improvement. Yes, it because, would. Well, I agree with you that I wish they would. I agree with that. But the people that are causing all the trouble about the marriage license, it has nothing to do with their rights and freedom. It has everything to do with making and us accept what they want to do well, in a perfect world. Well, but some of it has to do with finances because yeah, yeah. married couples get a tax break uh, well, that, that yeah, single people do yeah, not. And that is the government is, is discriminating against people who are in gay relationships because they can't be married well, in you, some you states. Well, you have more of a financial gain for being single than you do being married for being single. All right. Reggie is on the line. All we were right. expecting him to call, and so... Back to Hot Springs we go, or or is it Green Springs? Isn't it supposed to be Green Springs now, Reggie? Uh, Maybe Hot Springs. springs. (laughs) Always been Hot Springs. And I say say we need to keep uh, politics out of education. Good luck, since it's being supported by the government. Follow the money. (laughs) I'd be perfectly in favor of getting politics out of education. Just totally take all the tax dollars out of it. So tell us what's going on at the uh, math and science school there in Hot Springs. Well, we went to a a board meeting last night, the board of visitors that meets uh, every quarter. And um, back since September, we we found out that... um, the school used their website to announce to the students and the parents about a Democrat uh, meeting uh, to, uh, for a, candidate, a Democrat candidate. And somebody asked me, "Is is that right? You know, can I, this is a state-funded, state-funded school. Uh, your tax dollars go into that, and, and they should—they're not supposed to do that. It's not ethical. It's against state law." And I brought attention to our local editor, and he sent a reporter out, and uh, they said the, the director, you know, apologized. Um, he didn't admit that, you know, he broke the law, but uh, he threw his secretary under the bus and um, said it was an accident. And so that kind of raised our eyebrows, and, and we're under the banner of Citizens for the American Agenda. Several of us uh, have been doing some research and kept digging and waiting and finally came around to uh, about three weeks ago the 
school had their um, prom, and at two four on Saturday night, and at two fourteen a.m., a lady texted me. I've never met until last night, but she told me about what happened at the the prom. It was some terrible things that you know were, were approved by the school, and I won't go into all the details. But the main thing is that uh, we organized a, a group of people, and there were about 17 or 20 people, you know, showed interest in it. And there were several of us showed up last night at this meeting, and some of the, several of the uh, parents showed up, and they addressed the board with their concerns. And uh, it was everything from bullying, uh, intimidation, uh, threats, um, drug issues, sexual activity issues. I mean, it, the list went on and on and on. There's a, some, something called a privilege walk. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. I had to do some research. and um, it's, it's a, Jan can explain it. I showed it to her, but it's a, a, a separation of class. Yes. It, it shows the, uh, the privilege. It separates the privileged kids from those that weren't. Now, so Reggie, can, can I ask a question yeah. about this? Yes, sir. I, I, I stood in my living room and I did this. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now there was no other people there, but it was me. And you know, if if you've ever been discriminated against, uh, mm-hmm. you know, take a mm-hmm. step back and right, right. you know, and all yeah. that. I would have been back at the back of the class. <laughs> now I'm a white guy, okay, but yeah. I didn't. Well, you know, I might I must have been maybe, like the jerk or something back maybe, in my me day. Too. But um, so anyway, and one of the parents said, you know, if I knew that my child would have been subjected to a privilege walk, she wouldn't be in this school. Okay. Uh, when I saw that, it I just it disturbed me that something like that was going on. But anyway, so we have empowered the students, the teachers, the parents. Uh, to come forward now because of what was brought out last night. So, and you know, I just like to not let people know that you know we're kind of, we're fighting on this issue to to bring about the misuse of tax dollars. It was reported twice that uh, even last night the director said there's no money from the school is going to uh, Hillary's uh, you know coming to the to give the commencement speech. Right. And, uh, but there's been some, there's a number of about $38,000 that's being rumored and we haven't got the proof yet, but we're working on it. But, uh, they, they're saying that that 38,000 is for her travel expenses and it's coming from the foundation. Okay. So okay. We're, <laughs> we're going to work. We're going to keep investigating until we come up with the, the truth. Yeah. Reggie, but, can you yeah. can you talk a little bit about this young man, evidently, uh, that's gone to war with the school well, about... And supposedly we, there are others stepping forward yeah. now, too. We did not know that th- this young man was going to come forward. It was, it, it was all about the, the parents, you know, that were outraged about some of the things that have happened. But a young man came forward and said, addressed the board and said that he had been sexually assaulted on campus. Mm-hmm. He went to the school and told them, and they didn't do anything about it. And, you know, the school should be the first responder. They they should not, or reporter, they should not. On a um, sexual assault, they should have called the police. Law enforcement yes, should have been brought into the picture. I want you to know the... that, that we did. As soon as that young man said that, 
I was on the phone mm-hmm. calling for the police to come and take a report. His parents didn't know that this has happened. Wow. The school covered it up. You know, they didn't report it. They made the decision. Well, it's not their position to make a decision about anything like that. They should have contacted the police, the parents, prosecuting attorneys, and and so that the, in itself are school the, officials they're required mandatory, by law. mandatory other, reporters. The, the other boy is still on campus. Uh, nothing's been. There's no no. Uh, yeah, the perpetrator. But Reggie, question: What was the school's response when this kid stood up in front of the whole the, a crowd of people and the well, school he took, board? He took the air out of the room. There were saw, saw several people with tears in their eyes, uh, me included, and there wasn't. I mean, it was just like. They were shocked. But you didn't answer my question. What was the school board's response? Did they act like they had heard about this before? Did they pre- did they no, say that they, they didn't did, even they, know anything they about acted it? Like it? They didn't. They acted like they didn't know. Did he say who he reported it to at the school? Um, someone, someone there. It's called Res Life, Resident Life, mm-hmm. and they, um, um, it's it's been covered up, and and I've heard that there might be two or three more that come forward now. Wow. On, on the campus. So the other, and the board did say that that all that testimony uh, would go to the 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 um, dean or director, print whatever the director Bobbitt of the University of Arkansas, and uh, hopefully. Speaking Something of cover-up, Reggie, there was a TV station there right, uh, last night, and the Sentinel Record was there. The Sentinel Record did a story, uh, but what about the TV station? Did anything well, come out on the news? The Sentinel Record did an excellent job on reporting. I, I already contacted the editor and told him, thank you for sending mm-hmm. that reporter. She did an excellent job. I don't know of anything I could have added. And I've been on back and forth with a news station because they did send a reporter there, but they didn't have a – there's no story. And I'm uh, at my wits' end, going back and forth with them. There is a story there. They just refuse either, to report it. Mm-hmm. They either refuse to report it, or they're too ignorant to. But what was their excuse know. for not reporting the story, Reggie? Um, what did they tell you? They, did, they told me that there wasn't anything there. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't. There wasn't anything there about. I don't. I think the reporter didn't understand what. Their purpose was to be there. Oh man! Didn't this understand is... what this was, this was about, even though they sat through it. The you know the whole hour and a half, and was on their phone the whole time. I, I think. Just, Which TV station was this? Uh, you want me to tell you? I, oh yes, Dave? I asked. <laughs> I, I'm going to call them. THV 11. Okay. So here's the thing. What happened to the good old days of journalism, Dave? You don't have to say whether or not this kid is bringing a factual statement. That's not your your job as a journalist is to simply report what took place at this meeting. I've covered meetings like this for 20 something years as a reporter. Your job is to go. You cover the meeting. You say, okay, at this meeting tonight, a a high school student stood up and told the school board that he had been sexually assaulted. And here was Mm -hmm. what the school board. Here was their response. It's not your job to say whether or not this really happened or whether you believe it. It's simply this is what happened at the meeting. And then there were parents at the meeting complaining about a liberal lean and how there was no Republican club on the campus, but there was mm-hmm. a Democrat club. You report mm-hmm. the information that happened that night. And, and then, then right. you follow up by going and talk up. to the head of the, the school. 
I mean, how well, hard me, is that? That's called journalism. Well, I, I agree, and and I, you know, I was I contacted the Democrat Gazette, and they didn't. They said they would, but they didn't send anybody. Uh, I wanted this story to be statewide. I mean, well, if it was a this, Republican conservative Christian school, you can be guaranteed it would have been <laughs> lead story on the ten o'clock news last night, and it would be all over all the papers or the and Catholic all the stations. Church. All, exactly, but it's Look a Hillary Catholic, school. Yeah, if it was a Catholic church, then it'd be national news. It would be national. It'd so be national it, news. Reggie, tell me this: isn't this weren't the Clintons uh, instrumental in the foundation of the school or something? Isn't it? Weren't they? That was their idea. They started it. Okay, they started it. So I guess that's the, the re- okay. Well, that and, explains uh, everything I, because I if, if it's say, got Clinton on it, you're non-prosecutable. Yeah. Anything related to the Clintons, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you 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 get away with the crime. I talked to a kid, Reggie, just so you'll know, yeah. that was supposed to attend this school starting next year. And he decided not to attend it mm-hmm. because of its severe liberal leanings. Yep. Well, I tell you one thing. Uh, I had I've heard a, of another I, one too. I've got a son that's uh, thirty-one now that uh, that went all the way through that school. And I tell you what, he went in a conservative, and I think he come mm-hmm. out a far right radical. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> I've got two friends here in Hot Springs, and they've told me the same thing that their daughters have gone in and the school ruined them yeah no they came out far left far right if you all hold your <laughs> hold your uh cannon fodder for just a moment we got to get a break in final break mm-hmm. this hour reggie can you stick uh, around with us for a few more moments yes sir stay where, where you're at we'll be back with more here on the dave ellswick show yeah they pushed it all right, we've got uh, a couple of minutes left this hour. Then, Reggie, I'll let you call back uh, after the top of your call, about six after, and we'll talk a little bit more with you. And I'll let you just set this up for us and set you know, the story up, so to speak, of what happened at this meeting uh, and, and what happened at the prom. And I understand that Jan has come across a piece of video, and uh, we're going to send that to elizabeth who takes care of my social media so that we can get that put up on my facebook site and everybody can see some of the things that were going on and should never have gone on school school sanctioned yeah yeah activities it was that was one of the things that was brought up last night was you know someone from the school approved that um a young man dressed up as a woman and had the blonde wig on and they had blood all over them and they said i don't care you know what that's how that what that their persuasion is but the fact that it it represented carrie the movie carrie yeah where the student uh killed you know the classmates and the teachers yep uh it was disturbing and uh the whole um, many of the parents have this now i mean it's been Janice buried up, you know, from three weeks ago. I'll get it to yeah, you. Yeah, find but, it for me. It perpetuates uh, the notion that it's okay to kill people, uh, you know, if you if you're they're harassing you or they don't, you know, as if we need any more anything that perpetuates that whole mentality in our schools. Or is right it now. a shot at religion because it's because Carrie's mother supposedly is mm-hmm. so strict, strict and religious that she drives Carrie to be different and thus goes uh and, and and she's bullied and then she turns around and destroys the school 
Well, I it's a Stephen it's, King book. Yeah, I want to mention it's important that the the thing that I came away with last night was all the parents acknowledged that there's nothing wrong with the the uh, academic part of the school. The kids love the challenge. Uh, they're proud that you know they're they've reached that plateau where they can have that education. But it's the the, the social part that goes on in, in what's called resident life. That's where the the problems are. And uh, that needs to change. Uh, All right. Again, the politics needs to be taken out of school. All right. You, it, you, it shouldn't matter what if you sit, you know, in a classroom and somebody on your left is not as well off, and someone on your right is, you know, a millionaire. You should both have the opportunity to get the same level of education and, and not be intimidated. Okay. You hold on. Uh, call me back at six after. We'll have Reggie back on because I want him to go back over this meeting again with us. I want you to call your friends and tell them to go to Facebook.com, the Dave Ellswick Show, and be watching because this is something that needs to be taken care of. All right, let's continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Final hour for uh, the power panel, and we've uh, gotten into a local story, which I'm notorious about uh, here on on my show because I think if look, if you, you hear these stories happening all over the United States, and I always wonder if it starts on the east, you know, on the right coast or the left coast, it's always going to end up in the middle somewhere. Eventually. It, 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 it'll get here. And we've got to that now. And uh, Reggie is with us, but I'm not going to bring him right back on. I'm going to get uh, Amy on uh, from up north. And uh, Amy, now we were just talking a moment ago with Reggie. You have a child that goes to the school here, right? Yes, I do. He's going to graduate in two weeks. And yes, I do have to sit there and listen to her talk. Okay. So <laughs> what what uh, what can you tell us that Reggie hasn't uh, told us? Have you run in? Have you run into this problem <clears throat> talking to your child? And have they told you that there's problems? Um, he, he had to um, participate in the privilege walk as did everybody. Um, we have screenshots of emails saying that it was mandatory, that the kids did not have a choice. They had to do it. Okay. So my son had to participate, but for some reason, I don't know if he didn't answer some of the questions, quote, correctly. Um, he's not been bullied, but they did ask questions like, or if you're a straight white male, take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so they definitely... Um, they did definitely single out. Um, it, it's very much contrived. They want the underprivileged kids to be in the back, and they want the, quote, white privileged kids to be in the front. And one of the girls, and I got permission from the mom. Uh, I called and asked if she could come. She could speak, but she's a pharmacist, and um, she's covered up at work. So she said I could tell her, you know, tell you all whatever. Okay. And um, her daughter... Um, had a would be a picture perfect existence until the privilege walk, and then after that, her life drastically took a change for the worse. Um, you know, she's uh, she was involved in SGA. Uh, she was uh, removed from that program. Um, even today, um, okay, okay, number one, she is a. 4.8 GPA. She's taking college level calculus for college credit. Okay. Wow. 
she doesn't need to go to tutoring, but she does because she just wants to get a better grade. Um, she helps people that are having problems with their studies. She's a model student, but yet she's being bullied by the residence life staff and some of the other kids that used to be her friends are now have turned against her. So the resident pretty li- much the resident life staff can you can you who makes up this staff? Okay, well, um, they have a, a dean of residence life, um, and then they've got um, each floor. They have a male and female counterpart. They have uh, uh, they're called residence managers. And so they each, you know, on the floors, they take care of the, 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 like, they'll oversee the kids on, like, the girl side and the boy side on that floor. And then they, they develop activities for the kids to do. And so this activity, this privilege walk, was one of the, quote, fun activities that they said that they, that they made the kids take part of. Can I ask a including question? Including my son. I, I'm a little confused. So are males and females staying on the same floor in a um they're on the same floor but they have key they have key card access you know you have to there's no mixing of students between the boys and the girls okay um but the boys are on one side and the girls on the other and in order to get onto that floor into that section of the floor you have to swipe your card so that keeps the kids separate and the males and the females back in the old days when i was in college they they had us in completely separate dorms yes (laughs) same with us they're in the same dormitory but they're just on they're on the on the same floor but they are not allowed. The girls aren't allowed into the boys' side, and the boys aren't allowed on the girls' side. Okay. So what if one of them decides? Unless one, a boy decides, decides to use his key gr- card to let the girl in the boys' side. What if the boy decides he's a girl? Yeah. What about those? Say again. What if, what if boy- a guy is actually says he's identifying himself as a girl? I mean. Yes, there are there are transgender students there. Um, so they, they have, um, and and I had have not had eyes on, but. This is from, coming from the parent, parents that I've been talking to. Um, they have they even have um, ch- children that identify as cats, and they meow at each other. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. which side and, of the dorm um, do they stay Just to give you on? an idea, just to give you an idea of, of the, the quote diversity that they're trying to promote on the campus. Um, one of the other parents told me that the the princes on the prom court comprised of three gay males and a female to male transgender. Okay. So you can definitely see what kind of an agenda that they're pushing at the school. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. That's pretty pretty clear. Yeah. No doubt about and it. The, um, the young girl, that um, the, the gifted student who's been bullied by mm-hmm. residence life staff and the other students, even today... She told her mother that the seniors are still glaring at her today. Amazing. And all so because of the privilege walk. It happened at the privilege visitors. walk, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Say again? No, go ahead and finish up what you're going to say about the uh, board of. Well, the board of visitors, um, they don't really have oversight as far as policy. They can, they, they report back to the University of Arkansas Board of Trustees. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they. In the best way they could, instructed that that you know that they would, you know there there would not be any toler uh, you know they wouldn't tolerate any further re- retaliation against any students who came forward 
to either speak at the um, the meeting or their parents that spoke on their behalf. But even today, the the, the this girl has reported to her mother that the, the, the she's still having you know the, she's getting the, the you know glaring looks from some of the other students. So. Um, and I would like to say, I'm, 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 I, I don't want to, I read a letter for a young man last night who, um, his name is Christian Driver. He goes by the name of Bubba. And um, I read it on his behalf. And the whole, uh, the whole thing about the Republican, the Young Republicans Club being uh, disallowed is true. I don't care what anybody that writes into the letter to the editor will say. It is true. Um, the policy at the school is that you have to have at least four students to start a club, and you have to have a faculty sponsor. Now, this boy and 10 other students went and had a faculty sponsor who, who volunteered. He wasn't coerced or anything. He volunteered. They went, he went to the dean of residence life and asked if he could start a club, and it was shot down. So there is a big disparity going on between, um, you know, they, they, they allow a young Democrats club, but they will not allow a young Republicans club. Okay. All right. So, so, so what, we, what we've been hearing is, is true. Uh, what about this young man who came f- uh, forward about a sexual assault and— it doesn't sound like the school is doing much about it. Well, I, I will tell you this, and th- this I was aghast. I I was crying. Uh, this wasn't my child, but I, if this were my child, I, I it is the worst thing you could possibly imagine. The oxygen, it was just this collective gasp, and the oxygen was just sucked out of the room, and people were crying, and I was one of them. Um, apparently, he reported the sexual assault, but he begged that nobody said anything. However, if you are uh, people in the healthcare profession, counselors, teachers, you have to go through mandatory reporting training. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what the child says. No, you're not the one that's going to be investigating it. You, but you have to report it. That is the law. Yeah, that is a legal so you, requirement. You, you report it to the next level, and then, and then the law enforcement will get involved, and you know, and 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 they'll go and they'll take it to the next level. Correct. But the fact that that I mean, he 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 said he took a pause, he took a deep breath, and he said, "I was sexually assaulted on this campus three weeks ago." And it was, you could hear a pin drop and a gasp. It was mm. like, and this is what the most disturbing thing I think I've ever seen. The administrator was in there, and I believe his title is the Dean of Academic Affairs. They were both in the room. Neither one of them made a move to console that child that I, at the moment that I could see. But the lady that was recently terminated, that was the, um, the uh, recruiter for the school, she said, I could hear her say, she goes, this is one of my babies. And she got immediately got up out of the chair. Now, she's not even an employee at the school anymore. But she got up out of her chair and immediately went over to that boy and talked to him and consoled him. Okay. 
And I sat there and watched that administrator, and this was not lost on the rest of the people in that room. The more we talked about the, the, the administration dropping the ball and, and residents' life, that, that was the common thread through the entire um, the, the public comment was residents' life and the administration. The more he taught that we talked about it, the more he turned in his chair away from us in the audience to face the wall behind the board of visitors. He would not even look us in the eye. And that, my, that was telling to me. All right. Well, Amy, I appreciate you calling. Thanks for being part of the show today. Always a, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you uh, for being truthful with us. Um, I appreciate you giving me a platform. Those kids need some help down I'll, there. Always have a platform here on the show. You know that. So uh, you, okay. you need to talk to me. You get a hold of me, and, and we'll be happy to give you some time here on the air. Thanks so much. i got to get okay, a break thanks. in. Thanks a lot. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye Thank now. you. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more with Reggie. And uh, this may have a lot of people sitting and watching us here on Facebook right now. Please share this with your friends. They need to know about this. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Jan's here. And, of course, RD's here and Paul's here. Power panel. We got more coming your way. And we'll return in just a moment. All right. Back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. Reggie is still with us. Reggie, you hearing us clearly? Yes, sir. That was uh, pretty eye-opening, what we just heard from Amy. Yeah, I'm glad Amy called in. Um, and, Dave, I wanted to mention I wanted to thank Kenny Wallace for coming. And it's on his YouTube channel if people want to go and view, you know, the, the, the meeting. meeting. Um, the audio's not great. You, you can get the gist of it. Okay, so let me let me ask uh, this. I mean, you say that he uh, he did this and, and put it up there so people can mm-hmm. watch the entire me- meeting. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, and it's unedited, so you get to sit through. Did they do the Pledge of Allegiance? Yeah. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't do that. I figured they one, didn't, one but of, I just questioned. One of the things at the very beginning on the agenda, the director uh, I thought it was uh, my ears perked up because he said that he had asked for, you know, oh, $100,000 for this in a, in a grant. And then he, he mentioned that he was asking the governor for a million dollars for a project. And I thought, well, maybe the highway department is uh, give him that money and say, <laughs> give it to, uh, you know, other uh, schools, but um, I wanted to mention too that the uh, recruiter that Amy mentioned, her name is Valerie Carpenter, and she was an asset to that school. Um, Did she quit willingly, same, or was she let no, go? No, she was fired. She was fired, terminated because, and I'm going to quote: she was asked to lower the stand, quote lower the standards to be more inclusive unquote. Lower oh, really? the standards to be more inclusive. So where have you heard that terminology before? Yeah. That's why the citizens for the American agenda are standing up for the, the parents and students against the liberal agenda that they're they're using that platform to promote um, leftist ideas. And, again, you know, they're turning these liberals out like, you know. So um, 
but Valerie Carpenter, that, that's the one that was terminated, and, and it's um, it's obvious that that they're using you know the school to uh, promote a liberal agenda. Yeah, it and that's sure sounds like it. And they're and it's it's state funded. I mean, that's our tax dollars that are doing this, and um, we're. Um, we're, we're glad that we can help, but we're not going to give up the fight. We're going to continue to dig, and uh, you know we know that there's legislators that are looking into this. I want to thank also Representative Brent Smith from coming all the way from Jonesboro because he had three parents in that room um, that spoke, um, and uh, he was, you know, I appreciate him coming. Any other elected officials show up? Uh. No, but the one we know that there are some in Garland County that are active in, uh, you know, behind the scene they're they're pursuing you know what to do. And okay, we hope hopefully it's going to come soon. All right, that that sounds good. You keep working hard, and well, Dave, uh, I, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to to get this out statewide because since nobody else will. Um, that's what this and, uh, show is known about. When it, we have I, something I, like this, we want to make sure everybody knows what's going on. Hey, I've been listening for a long time, you know. All right, so, so can I put you again. can I put you on hold for just a moment? I'm wanna I wanna give uh I need to ask you a question, but I don't want to ask it on the air, okay? Okay, and and also people can go on Facebook to Citizens for the American Agenda and follow what's going on. There's also a place you can donate. Um to the group for some of the expenses we've incurred. But uh, anyway, I appreciate it, and I'll hold on. Okay. Did you already write uh, your FOIA request? Uh, we got them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Okay. Anytime you get a hold of me and you've got something new, you let me know. We will All not right. let this die. All right. Thank you, Dave. All right. Hold on. Put him on hold, if you would, and then I'll give you the question. we got to we got to get to news here in about two minutes. Jan? Guys, well, it sounds sounds to me like if you read, like I said, I pulled up the uh, the Arkansas mandated mandated reporting law, mm-hmm. and it says that an individual who is a mandated mandated reporter under Arkansas law must immediately notify the child abuse hotline if he or she has a reasonable cause to suspect to suspect that a child has been subjected to maltreatment. So the law, the state law clearly says that teachers are mandated reporters. And if there's any, any even looks of any kind of child abuse, implications of child abuse, that they are to report it. And then the, the state police, the local authorities and the DHS are to be notified. Now, a lot of times these people get out of bounds of, of what they should be doing sometimes, but this is exactly what they should be investigating. And uh, uh, I just say if they had, didn't call the hotline and the police didn't show up to do an investigation, they broke the law. I think that this because this is a state-funded school, our tax dollars, it, 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 it really, really uh, irritates the crap out of me that my tax dollars are funding what's going on at that school. And I'm not just talking about the sexual assault uh, allegations. I'm talking about 
the allegations of the the the, the just widespread. Yeah, We've no, heard no heard Republican. Just, yeah, exactly. The minute the minute that they wanted to start someone there wanted to start a Democrat club on campus, the first thing that that administration should have said is, okay, well, we need to have a Republican club as well to balance it out. Okay. But they're not caring. They don't care about balance. They we'll, should lose their state funding. We'll be back in a moment, and we'll pick it up from there. We'll even see what Paul has to say. He's been strangely silent. All right, so <laughs> bottom line is that during a break, and we since I can't do anything but, i got to look more into this before I start talking about this other stuff. But let me just tell you, this is some raw sewage that we're walking into. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, I'm not making this up. There's some raw sewage involved with this. And if I can uh, validate what I've just been told, I will see the principal or whatever the highfalutin name they've given him fired mm-hmm. at that school. Absolutely must happen. I guess this is the first time I've heard that the state of Arkansas actually has boarding schools. State funded. State funded yeah. boarding schools. I, I mean, I, I, well, it, it wouldn't surprise me that they exist in the private sector, but I didn't realize the state was actually funding well, I am very excited that State Representative Brant Smith drove all the way from Jonesboro to be yeah. at that meeting because I, I would tell you, if something isn't done about this, drive. I would expect that legislatively he's going to come out with something. And, you know, if you're going to wow. be a state-funded school, then, you know, you can't. And when they said that uh, there's a lot going on down in that county, we know who the senator is. And I would expect that he will be involved in it deeply Yes, uh, as well. So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm waiting now. Senator Alan Clark. Yeah. yeah, Senator Alan Clark. I know that he'll get involved oh, in this. Oh, yes. There's yes. no doubt about so, it. So, so I guess I'm, I'm kind of curious, why do people send their children to these schools? And Artie Hopper is mentioning that, that um, but what, what is, I wonder what the primary motivation is. Well, academically, I Academic, know when I talked with a Amy, great school. Yeah, and she says, I mean, it, it was a, it was an honor, I think, and that her son could attend there. And Isn't she, it, when if you I graduated about that, from a UFA, a give them a really big scholarship. Yeah, they yeah. have a lot of scholarships opportunity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he got a full ride to UALR after he mm-hmm. came through with good grades. He got a full ride to UALR, mm-hmm. but uh, but. Uh, my son had a firm foundation in, in politics and and in in religious freedom and in and in uh, I believe God's word. So I wasn't really worried about him being swayed about it. And uh, what, so what? I sent him down there. But uh, and it's it's a way if someone is self motivated and and, and firm in their <laughs> convictions, then it's a way. It's a testing run for college. You know they're going to do the basically yeah. the same thing when they go to college, and if, if they not go, worse. yeah, but I yeah. don't know. When, you know, when my daughter, I, I, I was one of those moms. I was like all over her stuff every day. I wanted to be the one to pick her up from school. I wanted to know what happened at school today. What did you talk about in history class? Mm-hmm. What did you? I was so you know involved in her life. I don't, I don't think I could have ever turned loose of her. And and I grounded. I mean, I, we're talking about a kid that was raised with you know. <laughs> Is there anything more conservative than I am that you know of? I mean, no, not maybe, really. No, we're we're, we're we're real close to each other on, on, in that line. But uh, you know, but hey, boys are a little bit different than true. girls. This is boys true. are different. Girls are this pretty headstrong, and yeah, uh, I don't know what I've got a fourteen-year-old daughter right now, and and send could them, you send and, her? Uh, to no, I couldn't. School? I couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. But uh, but uh, they just 
uh, this that school pretty well pushed my son farther right <laughs> whenever he was exposed, you know, to a lot of the beliefs and the right. leaning left down there. It, it, I think it made him stronger in his convention, convictions, yeah, convictions as far as, as a conservative. And, well, I got to tell you what. Is, why didn't he start the Republican Club on campus? That's what I want to know, uh, R.D. Yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> to tell you this. If your last name has to, happens to be Key, you can expect this going to end up on your desk. <laughs> I'm I'm just telling you, it's coming that way, Johnny. It's coming well, that way. A lot of times, and what Alan Clark found out whenever he fights the DHS, sometimes, just like the police or anything else, whenever you take off a branch of the state or getting involved in state government and start pointing fingers, a lot of times they take up for each other. And uh, that's not right or wrong, but we have to give Alan Clark credit whenever he bucked up and in the and against allegations against DHS and he started to get kicked back from the establishment. He went ahead and rode the course. He fought it anyway. And he went ahead and fought it anyway. And somebody has to stand up for the rights of the children. Well, I know State Representative Brant Smith, and I'm telling you, yep. this will have an impact, and this is not the end of it. I'll call Brant and see if Wait, he won't yeah. join us. Sure. And talk to him about it. Is this needs to be approached? I'll I'll give him a few days. I'll I'll send him a text and I'll say let's get you on next week because that gives him some time to do some investigation. If you're going to promote an agenda, whether it's a conservative agenda or a liberal agenda, you should be a private school. You shouldn't be getting my tax dollars. My tax dollars are supporting the mentality that that. And the brainwashing that's going Dem- on in that school. How would Democrats get elected if they couldn't use the public school system to promote their agenda? I mean, I mean seriously, how, how well, could they? Well, they've been they? using it for decades, and we've been allowing it. Oh, sure. And, yeah. and it's one of the most powerful. i got to tell you, Jan, I don't understand that. I know. And I, we, know I feel guilty parents, because I pulled my kid nuts. out of public school and put her in private Christian school because yeah. of these this, this very sort of thing. But what I should have done was go to the school board, run for school board, and actually get in the middle of it and fight. You know, but instead uh, I was like, I'm not dealing with this. I'll just put her in a private Christian school and be done with it. You that. can talk to my kids. They kept their heads down because dad did get involved in it. <laughs> you were in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was in I was in the middle of it between, you know, being able to say a kid did this or did that and, and not have to say who you were to mm-hmm. to be make sure that it was a true uh you know, thing that you were saying to mm-hmm. having uh going and seeing the superintendent to standing in a, a teacher's uh, room, you know, in her, in her Can in I her say room. this? You know, we were talking about the privilege game. Even back when I was teaching broadcast journalism in public school at Texas High School, I remember the kids becoming irate because when they started looking at all of the scholarships available, there's a booklet this thick of scholarships mm-hmm. that you can apply for. If you for. can't see that, she said about two inches it's thick. like Moby Dick, okay? <laughs> okay. But, but 90% of the scholarships were not accessible to you if you were white. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You had to be a minority, which that's reverse discrimination. And these kids were like, even well, worse if you're right-handed. So, right-handed <laughs> no. and right, white and, no. and Christian. I was like, what? You've got to be kidding me. So even back then, and that was back in the '90s, early '90s, we were seeing that sort of. But that's of, when affirmative of, action of, was really starting to catch fire. You know, I think maybe there was a time and a place for affirmative action, but now it is nothing but reverse discrimination. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, to me, it, it makes it, it's, it's enslaving a population of people that, that we've had a black president now. 
So what? there's no excuse for people to say that you can't, regardless of what the color of your skin is, you can succeed in You've America. You've had well, countless Supreme question. Court and justices that it, are black. Yeah, let me ask you this question, Jan. What if this would have been a, a racial allegation at this school, if this would have oh, been racially it would have motivated? Been a huge deal. I, I would guess that this student is probably, uh, you know, not a... Not of a minority. No, it's a white kid. And uh, if it would have been a racial attack, it mm-hmm. would have been a reported. If this would have been a trans- transgender oh person, God, yeah. it would have been attacked by someone. Or if it had been a gay kid, uh, it would have been Matthew Shepard all over th- That's exactly right. So I would say that this child is being discriminated against mm-hmm. because... You know, well, there is, he needs a good he's privileged. Yeah. That's but, exactly right. But apparently, the allegation was he was he was being assaulted by another boy, and so mm-hmm. it's apparently a homosexual attack. If if, if indeed the allegation is well, true. well, the other deal is the, their age. I mean, at what point is it statutory rape? You know, there, well, is there well, an age? Statutory doesn't statutory doesn't not, matter because if it's forced. Well, well, state law says it should be reported, no matter what type of abuse. I mean, statu- it was, statutory kind of comes in where you have you you it may it may be. Um, it may, be technically, it may be technically consensual, but one of them isn't old enough to If it to one consent. is 18 right. and one 17 Let me just say, well, I can't say who the source is. All okay. right. I've just been told from a impeccable source that uh, there are education committees all over this already. Mm-hmm. Good. They're, they're at it. And uh, he said uh, the school is part of the University of Arkansas system, so it comes under Dr. Bobbitt, not under Johnny Key. Okay. And uh, they just told me, just know more to come. Okay. Well, the authorities should be notified. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I'm just letting you know. It sounds like what, you know, if, people, if people just have enough courage, and, and in up. this case, they it, did. And in this, well, in this case, it was a, a student, though. Mm-hmm. Right. That's if right. you have enough courage to stand up, you can win against this crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're going to see a big win out of this. I really do. Well, thank goodness this young man had enough courage at least to stand up to get it investigated. Well, I'm sure he's desperate. I mean, if, oh, if, yeah. if, this, if this situation happened to him, as he says it did, then he's still having to go to school with this person who mm-hmm. allegedly sexually assaulted him. Yep. After telling the authorities, he said, that it happened. Now, you know, we th- those are the allegations that he's made. Well, he did the right thing by reporting it. If it has repercussions or not, he may have if to he get kicked it, out. Right. Yeah, if it's, it turns out to be true, you know, he could be uh, kicked out of school or he could be treated differently. But he stood up and did the right thing because there may be other people. It's just like women standing up mm-hmm. for sexual assault in the workplace. Well, it's more about you. It's the other people that have to be subject well, to it. Yeah. So you have to stand up for the rights of everybody. Well, if it happens. There may not be enough evidence for his case, but there may be somebody else's case with the same um, perpetrator. Well, what, where but, but how much evidence. evidence do you have? The problem is if there, what evidence? The the story here is that if this kid reported it to a staff member, a of staff that member school, didn't report, and it. the staff member did not call the police, then that school is in trouble, or at least that staff member. And if that staff member didn't go in anyone higher up and say, "Hey, this has been alleged," you know, what are we going to? But apparently, the kid felt desperate enough that. He was like, nobody's going to do anything about this. I'm just going to tell. I'm going to say it publicly at this meeting in front of everybody. Drop a bombshell. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to drop it in everybody's lap. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. All right. Final break. (coughs) Excuse me. Got the Bible guys at five. But we'll come back and finish up with the power panel. 
this is one of those stories. Somebody was asking me how difficult it is to be a talk show host at times. Sometimes it's real difficult, and here's the reason why. I, I've got a whole bunch of things that I wanted to talk about today, and mm-hmm. then this dropped in our laps. Mm-hmm. And this is much more important than anything else I wanted to talk well, about. Well, I brought it to the you control did. room. I did. You did. Well, I had seen it. I had mm-hmm. been sent the information, and I wanted to do a little bit more investigation before I started blowing because I like to have mm-hmm. a lot more facts to throw at people. But we got a lot of facts now. Because the people who you heard today, the people that you heard on the show today, I know everybody. Mm -hmm. All right? And I trust them. That's all it takes. We'll be back. we got more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about Applied Research Center. You can get a hold of them right now, 501-954-7822, and uh, enroll in one of their studies they got going on, like for diabetes, type 2 diabetes, if you're on metformin only. If you're between the ages of 18 and uh, whatever, uh, you can be in this type 2 diabetes study. They've got a acne study going for people ages 12 years old all the way to 40 years old. Uh, they especially want those that are affected on the face in a moderate to uh, severe acne. And they have a low testosterone amongst uh, the studies they got. They got other ones as well. Low testosterone, ages 45 to 80. That number to call again, 501-954-7822. You will be paid a stipend for being in the clinical trial, and they need these studies to, to put these you know, put these different uh, drugs on the market. It's the final study to make sure the drugs do what they're supposed to do. That's Applied Research Center of uh, Arkansas. Well, it's been... Interesting show today, y'all. It uh, definitely has opened up a whole new storyline that we will all follow. It's interesting. Well, I'm looking at Jan. Jan sitting there. I'm just. She's stunned. <laughs> just some of the stuff. Is, just, some of the stuff is kind of coming out of the story. What was the 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 prom? Was it prom night? Or was it homecoming where they had the three gay night. guys? Yeah, as the they, they had the whole yeah transgender thing going on. Wow. Carrie, that was so. Read so the what is the school turning into? Is this is this sanctioned activity big show where they were they they were, they, they pretended to be Carrie with the whole blood and all that yeah. crap? Which you know, if anybody knows the story behind Carrie, that's perpetuating the notion of violence. I mean, Carrie killed everybody in the school. It's, who but it's more an attack her. on religion and than the, anything. Carrie's mother was very religious. Yeah. Yes, wow. it is. It's a, it is a definite attack. On, on religion, and, uh, you know, Stephen King has always talked about that. It's a movie directed by Brian De Palma, came out in the late 70s, and I'm trying to think, uh, the who played Coal Miner's daughter? Oh, Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek, she, sp- yes. she played Carrie. Yes. John Travolta was in it. P.J. Souls was in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember it. It is a great horror movie. But I'm just saying, you got to be able to look past what the people are trying to say. Well, it sounds like you know, there was some discrimination involved, and it also looks like it's more indoctrination. That's what uh, it indoctrination. is. Indoctrination, you know. My first experience of, of, of public school indoctrination was the fifth grade, and I've told you this story. But they showed a picture of, of three members of a family, like a father and a mother and a son with three dogs, and they asked how many animals are in this picture when I was in the fifth grade. So whenever we wrote down the, our, number, our, 
a number of animals in it. Of course, I put down that there was three animals in the page. I did not count the family as animals. But mm-hmm. the correct question was, is or the answer. families were, the? I mean, the correct, correct answer to the question was, is the people were animals was the correct answer. So oh. I was in the fifth grade. First time I ran into it was in high school. Is that right? Yeah. You, did you ever play Lifeboat? Mm-hmm. No, there's, not Lifeboat. There's X amount of people in a Lifeboat. There's only so much food. You know, who is the first one you throw over the Lifeboat so that the others can live? Mm-hmm. You have to. My, my first, my first uh, exposure to indoctrination was when I was in middle school, and our teacher in the biology class, uh, he was teaching that he was teaching evolution as if it were factual. And I had been taught that, you know, God created me that I didn't evolve from a monkey. And so that was confusing. I was like, why is he teaching that? And I remember raising my hand and making a deal about it. And I mean, he just snapped and just went all over me and it it was upsetting. It was embarrassing. You know, and I was just a little kid and I was like, well, but this is, but where's the part about creation? Are we, because that's what I was taught. It should so. be taught both ways. In the state of Arkansas, you would think that we could get a bill passed in the state of that Arkansas. That law is out there. It well, just has part- not been presented. It, it needs to be presented, though. If you pre- if you preach that Uncle Ralph was a squirrel, that you also have to preach <laughs> that there was a creator that created the heavens and the earth, and they created people now, separately. Wait, everybody makes fun of me because we talk about transgenderism here on the show. And you're pat on, you're patted on the back if you take up for them, mm-hmm. and people treat you like that's normal. You should take up with them, and then I'll say, well, what if they tell me they're a gorilla? What do I do then? Do well, I, just like do, they do said I think, in this school, there are got students cats. that pretend they they're cats, and they, they say they're cats, and they, cats and they meow, meow at each yeah, other. That's, How <laughs> ridiculous you know, are you know, we getting in this country? <laughs> so maybe it's the wrong kind of institution. I don't know, but my tax dollars are funding that, and that's what's, you know, you, 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 Dave, you say, Jan, you're just sitting over there like you're in shock, you're appalled. I'm like, yeah, because my tax dollars but are funding yeah, that's exactly just right. kind of what this, I'm wondering. This indoctrination of this, this outrageous uh, agenda to to the, intelligent kids, exceptional kids, apparently, uh, maybe that are accepted into this school. Maybe that's part of the strategy is you need to take some of the really bright ones and, and make sure you get them and brainwashed. And screw their heads and, up. And, and, and so, so – that just kind of concerns me that what we're hearing is this kind of becoming the new indoctrination center for, Wait, for what, sexual What have perversion? I always told you? It's been going on on the right coast and it's been going on the left coast. It will end up in Arkansas. Well, they were, and it is here it's now. Here. And now, yes. what are you going to do about it? Well, they That's were trying to question. teach me that I was an animal in fifth grade thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah. If you try to teach people that they're animals, why are you surprised if they start acting like cats? I mean, uh, they've already been teaching it in Arkansas for thirty years. If you're an animal, why is it wrong? I'm laughing. To kill it's people. not funny. It's really. I, I not, mean, it's, 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 no, it's and that's, and that's the perfect why question. Why is it wrong? That's, that's 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 that is the question. Just like you know, two hundred years ago, when they didn't think black people were total people, it's perfectly logical to say. 
well, they're not they're not people. We can be mean to them. We can kidnap them. We well, can sell them like livestock. They're just animals. They're just if animals. We're to the point now that we're saying that if, if kids can say I, I'm a cat, I'm identifying myself as a cat. Well, then I'm no longer required to go to school because we don't require animals to go to school. I mean, hey, that's you, a good point. The line? Well, it's have, true. They have thing their, I didn't figure that one true. out while did, I was did, in school. Did they get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a cat. They, I identify as a cat. Do, do they give them rabies shots too? <laughs> Is that actually a category now? I mean, we've got all these categories of pronouns that you have to use to describe. What was it? Where was it? A teacher was actually fired for referring yes. to a student with the wrong pronoun yeah, because as a he, he instead was a he, of a her. Was a she, her and it was to yeah. it. It's, I don't know. I don't know how. I I'm glad I'm not a teacher. I couldn't be a teacher. And here's these the days. big thing: if you are a teacher and you're being told to teach this stuff, you need to get out of the profession. I don't know. I had a school There's teacher a that used to. He would use zip ties if, if boys came in his classroom with saggy pants. You know, their underwear <laughs> showing. Literally, he would pull them up. He was a marine. Uh, you know. And he would pull their pants up to their chest and use a zip tie like Urkel and, and zip tie their pants. So he said, you come, if I see you on this campus, I'm going to oh, zip tie you. Wow. And if you undo the zip tie before the school day is over, then you're going to be paddled. You're going to be punished. Oh, that's the, SWAT. That's the, exactly. His, SWAT. Believe it or not, his name was Mr. Happy. That, that was, <laughs> but, but that was literally his name. That's so but he, he was a that's Marine. Good. He came with a you know, high and tight haircut, the mm, starched net. pants and oh. shirt. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, I'll get I'll try to get a hold of Brent Smith, see if he'll come on next Tuesday. That'd be great. And join with us. He's and, awesome. And uh, we got some other people we can give a call to and start talking. We need about to call this. the school. Yeah, Let's see if they'll uh-huh. talk. I'll give a call. How to much them money too. you want to pe- put on this? That whether they mm-hmm. won't. They oh, won't I know that they the, won't. Yeah. I already know that. But most you have to give the, them the option. Most of the Democratic Party won't even show up on my show. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We got the Bible guys coming. Rd Jan. Paul, thanks yes, so much for coming. Today. Thank you. A great show. We'll be back. Got more coming your way in just a few moments. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick show. Scott Stewart is here mm-hmm. by himself. It's like old times, Dave. It is. It is. This is the way I don't have anybody else in here, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, having like him was. back. The Bible guy. The Bible guy. Yeah, that's There's the way it now guys uh, that are taking part in this, and we're going to start off with uh, welcoming uh, Andrew Farley uh, to the show. He's written a new book called Twisted Scripture. Andrew, how you doing, brother? Hey, doing great, Dave. How are you? We're we're doing fine. Just so you'll know, this is a part of my show each week that we spend an hour taking questions from our listeners about uh, what they think about you know, Christianity and religion in general, or no religion and things of that nature. And uh, Scott, uh, who is a theologian, and he's uh, a pastor here in the area at Agape Church, and uh, we look at things from a Judeo-Christian perspective, not a Christian perspective, a Judeo-Christian perspective, which we used to say all the time, but the Judeo part of it seems to be forgotten a lot of times. So that's why when I teach classes, a lot of times I look at people and I say, you know that uh, Jesus was a Jew, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he gets into it. He gets into it. Yeah, he gets yeah. shocked faces about that. So why'd you write the book, first of all, Andrew? Why don't we start off there? Yeah, well, I mean, I was 19 years old and I was on the floor of my apartment and I was begging God for answers. I was saying, God, I'm doing everything the Christian world says to do. I'm reading my Bible four and five hours a day. I'm sharing my faith with every single person that I meet. I'm in the church uh, 
you know, every time the doors are open and God, I just, I don't feel like I'm growing spiritually. I don't feel any closer to you. And I just, I discovered that my formula was broken and I basically had to ask God to, to teach me all over again. I had a focus on what I was doing for God instead of what God has done for me. And so, you know, this book, Twisted Scripture, it's it's designed to really free people up to put uh, Scripture in context and to everything from passages like, is, is God going to say, depart from me? Is God going to spew you out of his mouth? Is God going to uh, delete you from the book of life. We got a lot of Christians who are just petrified. They're not sure about what God thinks of them. So this book is designed to put those difficult passages in, in context and free people up in the love and grace of God. So I got a, a, I've heard a good s- story. I won't say story. It's I think it's biblically based that God doesn't send anybody to hell. You know, we erase our own names from the book of life. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, God is not a, a, a death dealer. He's a life giver. And, you know, you go back to the garden and you look at what happened there. I mean, God didn't say in the day you eat of this, I'm going to kill you. He said, he's warning them. He said, in the day you eat of this, you will die. So that was a warning out of love and concern for them. So God's not sending people to hell. That's just a, a natural consequence of being in Adam. And thank God there's a way out of Adam. We mm-hmm. can be in Christ. I mean, thank God for rescue. I'm going to let, I'm going to go ahead and let Scott get in on this discussion, too, because I think it's going to be a really an eye-opening discussion. You know, our, our faith is supposed to set us free mm-hmm. through Jesus. It's supposed to set us free, but for many people, they put themselves in prison for uh, not understanding scripture let me turn that over to you scott yeah and uh, from uh, from the way that we have seen this so many times is people because of their lack of understanding or their misunderstanding to what the scripture has to say they find themselves uh, bound up and i'm assuming andrew that's what your what your book is doing is meant to is meant to bring people into some place of liberation is that right yes as they start to recognize god actually loves them and mm-hmm. likes them and has forgiven them in jesus and you know, that we're cleaned and close to God rather than dirty and distant all the time. Right, right. And does that, does that, um, is it, um, is it your position that it is, it's solely based upon uh, the um, God's love for us or do we also have responsibility? And I say it only because as a pastor for many years, um, I find that everybody wants a Savior, but very few people want a Lord. And he has to be both or he can be neither. And obviously a Lord tells you how to live your life and gives you instructions on what you should believe and how you should conduct yourself. Um, and uh, there are some people who, who are um, who are wanting a Savior without a Lord part. And there's obviously a balance to our life uh, with uh, not earning God's love but being able to show that we love God by walking out the responsibilities we have in life. Yeah, what I've found for that is, uh, Scott, there's this bridge, I believe, in Scripture. As we discover our new identity in Christ, the whole thing comes together. I mean, I want to be obedient, but what a revelation it is to discover Romans 6, where it says, I was a slave of sin, but now I've become obedient from the heart. And so to recognize that real salvation is a heart surgery— 
uh, real salvation is an exchange of our spiritual heart. So we get new spiritual desires, new spiritual passions. And I think that as Christians, when we discover this new heart that we have, this obedient heart, it really helps bring all that together. So I start seeing that God and I, I mean, God and I are on the same team. It's not, it's not God or me. It's God and me together. I'm united with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. So that union with Jesus, I think, just, just brings it together for people. Okay. That, I mean, I would certainly not uh, disagree with that. that but with uh, just working off your analogy, uh, and I haven't read your book, so I can't comment to that, but uh, working off your analogy, analogy of, of a team, um, in order to, to be a part of a team, there obviously has to be rules to play by. Uh, and so I'm, not, I'm assuming you're not suggesting that we don't have any more rules to live by. Well, uh, the difference is uh, when in, in talking about that new heart, that's where the rules are written. So right. if the rules were written on tablets of stone, let's say, then you would experience what Israel did. And, you know, Paul put it best when he said, I'm doing the very thing I don't want to do. I agree that the law is good, but I'm, do- I'm not doing it. I'm not obeying it. So I think the beautiful difference for us as a New Covenant believers living on this side of the cross with Christ living in us, is that we have God's desires written on our hearts. So uh, that changes everything. You know, Paul says it's not about do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. You know, Colossians 2, it's it's not about external human rules. It's about letting Christ rule and letting his desires, which are actually etched on the lining of our hearts, letting him rule— uh, that's the internal leading of Christ, and I think that's where we live from. All right, so let me. I'm, I wanted to ask you a question about the. the, the there were some suggested uh, questions here. There was one that was really good because you took something that Paul said and you kind of turned it on its side a little bit to make us think of it in a different way. You said too much grace will cause you to sin even more. Of course, Paul said and. And debunk the belief that, well, if if we're you know saved by grace and and grace uh, forgives all sin, then Lord, then we should be sinning more, so grace would abound. Uh, it's kind of interesting what you have said here. Explain your different way of saying that. Yeah, so people think that grace is dangerous, and I like to say that grace is only dangerous for the enemy. There's nothing dangerous about God's grace. When we actually look at the Bible and what it says, it says, sin will not master you because you are under grace. So apparently being under grace is not only safe, uh, but it's victorious. It's a place of victory, uh, not defeat. So we shouldn't be scared of God's grace. Telling telling someone that they need to um, temper God's grace or balance God's grace, it, it's like telling them they need to cut, cut out that victory stuff, <laughs> because grace is what empowers us. We've got a new identity by grace. Grace is more than forgiveness. Uh, grace means also that we have Christ in us and that we're in Him. So there's a whole lot to grace. Grace is a powerful inspiration. Like Titus 2 says, the grace of God teaches us to say no to sin and to live upright lives. 
So we shouldn't be worried about too much grace because you can't have too much victory over sin. So you wouldn't be uh, subscribing to what uh, I would call a hyper grace uh, teaching. Well, I'm definitely hyper about grace, but I think, uh, <laughs> I guess what I guess I what I mean is uh, people position grace as the antithesis to the law of God that's been written on our heart. Well, so it's interesting. I, I don't think that the Jewish law is written on our heart. Um, wow. 600, yeah, 613 commands in the Jewish law. I don't think that I have avoid shellfish written on my heart or avoid pork written on my heart. I don't think that I have uh, no work on Saturdays written on my heart. It's interesting. The New Testament actually reframes that um, as Hebrews says, I will write my laws, plural, on your heart, uh, changing the Old Testament, quote, law to a different word, laws. And I think the New Testament writer does that uh, because we don't, we don't have Moses. We don't have 613 laws written on our heart. The, the New Covenant commands are believe in Jesus and love others, even as I have loved you. And he says these commands are not burdensome, John writes. Robert, he's, so referring, to, had, he's referring to the Ten Commandments when he says that. No, there's no mention of Moses anywhere in that chapter. It doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to, because he says there, he says, what is the love of God? That we love God and keep his gods, that is, commandments. Right, and two chapters prior, he defines the commandments. He says these are his commands to believe in Jesus and love others, even as he has loved us. So right. he defines what commands are, but of and course then you, he tells us. You would believe, yeah. you would you would agree that the Bible is not schizophrenic, and it doesn't contradict itself. So when we, we no, start off— two covenants. There's two covenants, yeah. Right. There's one. It's an old covenant and a new covenant. Actually, there's many old covenants. Uh, we, right. would all, we would all agree that the covenant of Noah is still in effect, wouldn't you? Yeah, but let's not get away from the core question that you asked me. There's not a single mention of Moses in First John in regard to those commandments. But when it so, says the commandments of God, it's self-explanatory. Like when you go back to Romans, it says here, When the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, they that are without the law confirm that the law of God has been written upon their heart, their conscience bearing witness with them, accusing or excusing them. So the, the law of God yeah. is written. As a matter of fact, if you look at what the new covenant is— the New Covenant, in fact, if you look at Hebrews 8, which I'm sure you've already done, the New Covenant is defined. It's actually the longest quote in the Bible. So Hebrews 8 is the longest quote of any book in the Bible, and that comes out of Jeremiah 31. And it tells us right. that the New Covenant has been written on our heart. And if you look in there, it says in there that it's the law of God that is written upon our heart. Therefore, the New Covenant— well, that's what I, Yeah, that's what I just finished clarifying. It doesn't say law. It says laws. And the Hebrew writer does that on purpose because the New Covenant laws— are not 613 things from Judaism. We're not running around with Judaism written on our new heart. We're not Gentiles with Jewish laws written on our hearts. That's not the gospel message. What is the and gospel so message they, then? The, the gospel message with regard to this is exactly what the author John said in his epistle. When you read through five straight chapters of First John, and there's not a single mention of Moses or Ten Commandments, you have to ask yourself, John, how are you defining commandments in your letter? Because the only way the that they, the only way they, could, on, the only on. way they could define commandments are the, the words, the commandments that they've always, always known. No, there was no you're such ignoring thing. what I said. You're ignoring what I said. In chapter so. three, it says, in chapter three, listen carefully to this now. In chapter three, it says, these are his commands to 
believe in Jesus and love others, even as I have loved you. And then two chapters later, it says these commands are not burdensome. So that's the commands in context. And if we're going to throw Moses in there, we're inventing that out of the blue. It's not in the letter. You have to take the whole Bible in context. Not just they didn't pull. have the whole Bible. Correct. They had no such thing as the New Testament as we know it until 380 after uh, an A.D. So the uh, 380 years of the church's life had no such thing as a New Testament. And when they did get it, they said so things like me, they said things like this. They said things like this when they finally did get the New Testament. They said all Scripture this is, is this good is for bonded. edification, this exhortation, is, comfort. It went on down the exactly line. This is exactly the bondage that I wrote this book scripture to get people out of. Oh my gosh. About you believe God's word is bondage, my friend? No, Jesus no. is the word made flesh. And if you believe the, the law if you believe that having only one God is bondage, if you believe that being faithful to your wife is bondage, if you believe not stealing is bondage, if you believe the Ten Commandments are bondage, I don't know Who said anything about that? You're that's the law of God. That is the law of God, yeah, is it but not? Mike, but, hey, that are, is the law of God. To know what I, do you want to know what I think or not? Is that the law of God or not? I want to know what you think. Is that the law of God, the Ten Commandments? Yes, that's the law okay, of God. Okay, and, and you're in also, opposition to that? It's also, it's also Jesus' character, and he lives in me. So I can trust him. Jesus is never going to lead me to steal. I'm, if you'll, if right. you'll listen to what I'm saying, I'm not pro-stealing. I'm not pro-murder. That's absurd. Right. So what I'm, what I'm saying is is that Jesus' character is trustworthy. It's not Jesus plus 613 commands. No one's saying we that. Have to, well, we have to be careful because when you tell people that the law of Moses, the Old Testament law, is written on their hearts, yeah. a practical implication of that is that the Holy Spirit is inspiring you to avoid shrimp. And that is, that is not the New Testament message. I don't know why you keep picking out such obscure laws that are actually what we know in the Bible. We know them to be identification codes. There was no Gentile who ever believed in the, in the one God, Yahweh, who was ever required to keep the food laws. Well, the law is an all-or-nothing proposition. No, it is not. It is not. There's, yes. an, enti- there's, an, quote, there's, an, entire, there's an entire section of laws only for the Levites. If you were the well, tribe of Judah, you did not have to keep the you tribe. You're, you're not interested in what I think, because Galatians says, cursed is everyone who does not continue to obey everything written in the book of the law. James says, if you keep the whole law and stumble in one point, you're guilty of all of it. So the law is an all-or-nothing proposition. You, we have no right to pick Ten no, Commandments. You, no, you're, you're t- you don't, you don't, you're not understanding the co- full context of what law is. I mean, we have today, there are certain laws that apply in Little Rock that don't apply outside the city limits. There are certain laws that apply in a gated community that wouldn't apply outside. Uh, there are certain laws that apply to farming in America or fishing. We have rules for everything. There are certain laws that were written in the Torah that only apply to the Levites. Certain laws only apply to the king. Certain laws that only apply if you're living in a walled city. Certain laws only apply if you're living in Jerusalem. If you were a and Jew living outside, if you were living a Jew outside, living outside the city, you didn't have to keep the same laws in the city. So. It's, it's very place-specific, tribe-specific, occupation-specific. Yeah, but and we're so, Gentiles. Right. We're and none when, of it. Right. And when the Gentiles were grafted into the faith of the one true God, they, too, walked by certain rules and regulations given to them by God, not for salvation, but for being able to walk pleasing to the Lord. The well, Ten Commandments I, would be— I believe, 
if you're interested in what my book says, which I think is the focus of this, I trust Jesus plus nothing. I, I never see him leading me into stealing or lying or coveting. So I'm all about the character of Christ. And for me personally, just so we're clear, I think we're clear, but I am not going to add one ounce of law to my trust relationship with Jesus. I don't, I don't know anybody who's adding trust to law for salvation. Jesus is the only way to no, salvation. I'm talking for daily living. I'm talking about having begun by the Spirit. Are you now living by a human effort or law? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about salvation. That's a no-brainer. I think Christians are hung up on the daily living issue, mm-hmm. and I'm saying I'm going to trust Jesus for more than his blood. I'm going to trust him for his life-giving spirit every moment of the day, and I'm not adding an ounce of Moses to that. I'll tell you what, if every Christian did nothing more, after obviously salvation, but if the Christian just lived by the Ten Commandments, it would revolutionize the way this entire country functioned. No more locking your doors at night. No more children running away for disrespecting their parents. No more couples getting divorced because they were unfaithful to each other. If you just focused on the Ten Commandments alone, you would revolutionize the way this nation works. And there's no, no more way. Friday night emails, no more Saturday yard work. Wow. Keeping the Sabbath. Keeping the Sabbath Sabbath yeah. is, a, is, is a blessing and a gift from God. And if you're not aware, my friend, you're going to be keeping the Sabbath in the millennial reign. Well, I'm keeping the Sabbath spiritually, like Hebrews 4 says. I'm resting in Christ because of the work he did. Okay. All right, so, so it's a spiritual rest for no, the people of God. It does not. not the spiritual rest does not do away with the physical obligation. All right. Well, I had well, a mo- I had a lot more questions for you, Andrew. Yeah. But uh, it's an interesting book. I th- thank you. You know, I think it's it's worth a read for people to take a look at. But uh, you know, bottom line is there's going to be a lot of there's going to be agreement and disagreement on this. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, like even the Sabbath day thing, Paul says, I fear for you. You observe new moon festivals and Sabbath days. He says, that's this is shadow. The reality is Christ. So all of this is... He says it's a shadow of things to come. There is truth and revelation in those things that tell us of future things. And by denying what they are, you deny ourselves evidence of the future. All right. I got to get to a break. I got to let you go, Andrew. The book is is out with... uh, is it on Regent uh, Regnery? Is that the book? Uh, the t- uh, people, yeah, the book is uh, Twisted Scripture, and people can get it today on Amazon. Um, it's awesome, and it's already in the top three hundred of books. It uh, it's hit number one in a bunch of Christian categories. We're excited about Twisted Scripture, and people can get it on Amazon. All right, thank you very much. We appreciate you. We will catch you around the corner here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We go. All right, back with you. And uh, our first question, Scott, just so you'll know, okay, basically goes right along with the gentleman we just had on who wrote this book, uh, Tangled Scripture. It says, quote, I don't understand, this is from Logan, I don't understand what you guys keep on saying about the law. Are we not, quote, set free, unquote, from the law? And doesn't the Bible say we are not under the law? but under grace. If we are not under the law, then why do we keep hearing that we are? We have been redeemed from the curse of the law, as it says in Galatians 3.13. Now, that verse wasn't quoted specifically, but is exactly the same logic that we heard from the author. 
if we have been redeemed from the curse of the law, is the law truly a curse? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that the Ten Commandments were a curse? Not from the Bible I read. I, you know, I don't understand how uh, anyone who believes in reading the totality of Scripture could come up with uh, something like that. This this question that came in here, I'll answer it from back to front. He says, uh, uh, are we not redeemed from the curse of the law? Well, um, first of all, um, being redeemed from the curse of the law does not mean, mean being redeemed from the law itself. There were blessings and curses in the law. And Jesus came and became a curse for us to redeem us from the curse. So the curses of the law have been, we have been redeemed from those. But from the obligations of the law, those are obviously still in effect. We've mentioned the Ten Commandments before just as a, just as a starting point, a foundation. So, um, and then, of course, the other scripture uh, mentioned there was, are we not, uh, we're not under law, but we're under grace. Of course, that again is a scripture uh, out of Romans chapter 6. But uh, if you read the chapter, what you find is the law you're not under is the law of sin and death. Is not the law of God because the entire context of it is sin and death, sin and death, sin and death. And then it goes on to talk about being delivered from the law of sin and death. So the law there that we're not under is the law of sin and death. Um, it's not the law of God. People automatically assume it's the law of God because it mentions the word law. But the con- context is the law of sin and death and, and not the law itself. Okay, so that answers that question yeah. pretty quick. What would you guys say, this is Rachel, what would you guys say is the best position to take for the existence of God? Okay. I have heard of the ontological. Mm-hmm. I've heard of the cosmological. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to argue for God's existence in your opinion? Right. Okay. Well, um, from my perspective, I think the, um, the, I'll put it this way, my what I think is best is not is not what maybe a lot of universities think is best, but I think my strongest argument is the cosmological argument, and that basically uh, goes back to a goes back to design. And um, you know, when we launched the Hubble satellite um, for the first time, we were able to determine that the universe is expanding, and the postulation was then if the universe is expanding, then it has a, a beginning point. And so, if you reverse it upon itself, you have to come back to a point where there was nothing. So something started the universe in the first place. And whatever started the universe has to be outside the universe and has to, so it has to be spaceless, timeless, and extremely powerful. So I think the cosmological argument is is probably by far the strongest from my perspective, if you're, if you're just arguing um, you know, based upon scientific things. The ontological argument is a philosophical argument about the existence of being, and that one it's okay, but it's probably not the strongest one. But in universities and schools, the thing that seems to be the most effective for those people is the moral argument. When you ask people the question, is it wrong to kill? Because if, it, if there is no God, if there is no, moral super, uh, if there's no moral standard, and if they say, yes, it's wrong to kill, then you have to ask them why. And then they basically begin to grapple with, well, it's wrong. Okay, but why is it wrong? Mm-hmm. And why does the person across the room think it's wrong? And this person here, and the person in Sweden, the person in Finland, and go go the line. Why? Why do does mankind believe in certain moral codes? And this seems to resonate mostly with um, the younger people because it has to do with what they what they feel or, or why I feel the way I do about murder right, or right. things. Where so did that come from? Where, where did that come from? Why do we all have the same innate built in? set of moral codes where could that come from is it certainly it just couldn't happen by accident for all of us to carry the same 
moral genetics. And so that tends to be the most um, the stronger argument among most of our millennials. Um, I think the cosmological, but a lot of the millennials feel are more into uh, the moral arguments, I think. Yeah, I go along with you on the, the cosmological because I believe in the watchmaker argument. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. And, then, you know, if, if there's a watch and it's as complex as a watch is, mm-hmm. somebody made that com- right. complexity to, right. to, work, to run correctly, yeah. of course. You wouldn't find a watch on a beach and say, hmm, I wonder what type of... Uh, forces of the sea you wash this up here i mean you automatically assume someone made it that's correct yeah all right all right i was wondering if you could tell me if jesus was born during one of the jubilee years Hmm. i've wondered i've wondered about this now for some time and it just seems like that would make sense yeah thanks alan yeah um i would say um no, no actually he wasn't born in a jubilee year um but i will tell you this alan and that is that um if you remember, whenever he announced his ministry, he was in a synagogue in Nazareth, and he stood up to read, and he, the Bible says he took the scroll of Isaiah, and he found the part in it where it said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and so forth. But at the very end of that, it quotes, and to declare the year of Jubilee, or the acceptable year of the Lord, same thing, declare the year of Jubilee. And so, and in fact, the year he, had, he started his ministry was, in fact, a Jubilee year. So okay. he wasn't born on a jubilee year, but he had, he announced and launched his ministry on a jubilee year. All right. This one sounds easy, but for the listeners, it's not easy. All right. <laughs> so, Catherine, here we go. Could you explain the difference between heaven and paradise? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not as easy as... Uh, uh, that it sounds. Yeah. Um, I guess we need to... Um, some people would say um, that paradise would also be known as the bosom of Abraham. So they would be two in the, one of the two, two in the same thing. Um, Jesus says to um, the thief on the cross, he says, I say unto you today, you will be with me in paradise. So you can read that a couple of ways. You can say, I say unto you today, you will be with me in paradise. Or you can say, or you can read it as to say, uh, and you shall, and today you will be with me in paradise. In other words, today they're going to be in paradise together. And so, um, heaven would be considered the abode of God, where God dwells and where the holy and the, the angels dwell. Um, but paradise would be considered uh, Abraham's bosom. And he told the man on the cross that he was going to go to Abraham's bosom, uh, he, and Jesus would be with him there in paradise. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Jesus dies, and when he dies, uh, he goes to Abraham's bosom. Um, so there's a, a teaching or doctrine out there that... Um, that um, uh, Jesus went to hell, uh, and uh, Jesus did not go to hell as in the sense of being tormented and persecuted. He went to, a de- you can call it a department or a compartment within um, Sheol and in the in the in the abode of the dead, and it was a place called paradise or Abraham's bosom, where all the godly went, because there was no one in heaven until the resurrection of Jesus. Ephesians four actually tells us that when he after he died, he led captivity captive, and he led people uh, up to um, up to heaven. So Jesus basically dies, goes to the bosom of Abraham or paradise, where all the saints of old are. He preaches the gospel to them and says, "Hey, I'm the Messiah, the one you're waiting for." And they believe in him, and then he leads them out and actually allows leads them into uh, into heaven. So uh, paradise would be Abraham's bosom, and heaven would be the abode of God, to where 
And everybody that was in paradise obviously would have believed in Jesus when he preached the gospel to them. The Bible says he went and he preached to the saints that were were there. And so and then he led them free. So saints of old and saints of today all get to heaven the same way, and that's by believing in Jesus. All right. So we gotta take a break. Okay. When we come back, I've got two final questions and I held them to the end because they're not just a 60-second answer. Okay. All right. They're pretty uh, pretty going to get, get into depth. So when we come back, Pastor Scott's still here. Of course, if you want to learn more about the Bible, if you want to learn more about a Hebraic uh, understanding of the Bible, then uh, you go to? You go to AmericanInstitute.org. All right. And go there because uh, you can start taking these classes and you can just take them to learn the material and not to be working on a degree, or you can be working on a full degree. They're a fully accredited school, and we'll talk more about that before we finish up today's show. Back in a moment. All right, we'll get to the phones in just a moment. Let me ask these two questions here, and then we'll get our caller real quick. In Mark's Gospel, Chapter 14, it tells us there was a young man following Yeshua at the time He was arrested, and all he had on was a linen garment. Hmm. When they arrested Yeshua, the young man threw off the linen garment and ran away naked. It's Ben-Hur. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's in the the story of Ben-Hur. It it was supposedly him. Uh, First, uh, all the disciples ran off and left uh, Yeshua, and now this young man ran off too. But what's up with this young guy taking off his apron and running away naked? I'm not sure, but I don't think it was recorded in any of the other Gospels. That is a really good question. As a matter of fact, about uh, maybe a week or two ago, I was looking at that, and I said, I wonder why this is happening, and I've not researched it to to know. So I I, I don't know. Uh, It's it's a good question, and one that just popped into my head a couple of weeks ago. So I will figure that out, but at the moment I couldn't tell you what the reason was. Okay, we'll revisit this. I'll put it in my pile. We'll revisit it. And the second question, I also find it very interesting that in all the miracles that Yeshua did, the 19th miracle, the one of the feeding of the 5,000, is the only miracle that is recorded in all of the Gospels. What is more outstanding about this miracle that all four record this one miracle? And I don't know whether that's true or not. You know, and um, I've, do, I've been doing a series in our, um, of the miracle. Jesus did 37 miracles in his life. Well, he did a lot more than that. The, the, the Bible can't contain all that he wrote, uh, that he did, but the Bible only records 37 of them for us. And so um, uh, this being number 19, um, you know, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question either. I know that, I know that uh, if, it's in all, if it's in all four Gospels, then there is going to be some significance. I, I'm teaching my way through this uh, at the church, um, and I think I'm on Miracle 15 or something like that. Okay. So I'm a few away. Um, um, I know that it relates back to Elijah. Um, I think there's some reference to back to Elijah. Remember whenever they actually said, uh, you know, um, you know, who are you? And they said, some say that you're Elijah and so forth. I think there is some reference back to Elijah because he multiplied um, bread. So I think there might be some um, uh, play on uh, on that. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know definitively exactly what the uh, distinguishing mark is of that miracle. About everything that Christ did. Mm-hmm was to proclaim he was the Messiah. That's right. 
So right. all of this has some kind of prophetic That's pronouncement right. in the Old Testament. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, as I've said, I've been teaching through these miracles, and every miracle that he did reveals an aspect of himself, whether it's the Son of Man, the Son of David, the uh, God himself, or the Messiah. And so this miracle will be no will be no different. I, I have not given the time to this one because I'm a few behind that to to know exactly which one what what it was. But there'll be something really spectacular about it, I'm sure. All right, Susan's on the phone. Hello, Susan. How are you doing today? Your question for Scott. Uh, yes. Um, the previous question they were talking about that um, what was the difference between paradise and heaven? Yes. And you were saying uh, that. Jesus went to paradise and preached to the captives there, mm-hmm. but he didn't actually go into the realm of hell where their torment is. Yes. And I don't really have a scripture for it, but I guess just in my own mind, I always thought that if he was paying the penalty for our sin, that he would have to go to the place where we would have gone mm-hmm. if we hadn't accepted Jesus. And I'm just kind of wondering about that. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that is a um, that's that's actually mentioned quite a bit, um, where people will say that he had to go uh, to hell and pay that um, that tormented um, price for us. But it is something that is merely said. There is no verse of scripture that actually tells us that. Um, it's 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 like a lot of other things. We hear things like this. Uh, you know. They'll say, you know, for years people said the high priest went into the Holy of Holies with uh, bells and pomegranates on. And if it, if we didn't hear the bells and pomegranates jingling and jangling, we knew he was dead and they would drag him out with a rope. Mm-hmm. And they would say mm-hmm. that for years. Well, it doesn't exist. As a matter of fact, the Bible says just the opposite. He goes into the Holy of Holies dressed all in white, no bells, no pomegranates, no nothing. But because we repeat it so much, people begin to believe it's true. Also, we've all heard this before, that Noah took the animals in the ark two by two. Well, we got songs mm-hmm. about that, but that's not true. The Bible says he took in all the clean animals by sevens, all the unclean by mm-hmm. two, but all we do is talk about the two, not the sevens. So, and right. this for, easier to write a song. Yeah, easier to write a song. And so this one is <laughs> so this one is very similar. It's something that we say a lot, but there's no scripture that actually tells us he went into uh, the hell to be tormented by uh, the devil. There, are so co- he was just in paradise then when he took the keys of hell and death from Satan. Whenever he, whenever he died on the cross, remember the phrase, the word that he said. He said, "It is finished." Right. So at that point, on the death of the cross, his father turned away from him. He experienced mm-hmm. he experienced complete and total abandonment. Why? Because he had borne the uh, the uh, the burden of um, of sin upon himself. He went into the into the grave, and he went in and he preached to the to the souls that were in prison there. When he says mm-hmm. he he spoiled. And principalities and powers, and made us display openly over them. We're not told how he does that, and I think that's mm-hmm. where some of this supposition comes in from. That we assume he had to have had hand-to-hand combat with uh, the devil to take the keys and so forth. And I don't think that mm-hmm. that was the case at all. So, um, what we can only thing we can do is stick with what the scripture actually tells us. And we know that he mm-hmm. went and he preached to the souls that were in prison there, or those who were in the uh, Abraham's bosom. And so that would have been the the, the end. Of it, I, I actually there's a there's another word called Tarshish. He went into uh, a place called uh, there was a place called Tarshish, which is where they held the uh, certain spirits, and there was the the hell, which is the uh, 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 which is where like Hades, where you would have the uh, the souls that were going to be punished, and then you had Abraham's bosom. They're all kind of these three compartments within a within the entire um, 
hell complex, as it were. It's kind of not a very good way to describe it. But Jesus would have gone into um, the uh, Abraham's bosom and preached. If you remember the story that Jesus told, the parable, and he tells a story about Lazarus, not the man that was raised from the dead, but the man, but about the man who went uh, into um, Abraham's bosom. And he could look across this great gulf of water and see people being tormented on the other side. Mm-hmm. You remember that story? So he could yeah. see people mm-hmm. being tormented, but he was over there and he said, send, you know, send my, send someone to go tell my brothers not to come to this terrible place. So I'm mean, actually, he was in hell looking over at Abraham's bosom. That's what it was. So, um, mm-hmm. so these places are separated, you, the, but the abode of the dead where they're being tormented is not too far from Abraham's uh, bosom, which is paradise. And they could see uh, one another. But my position is mm-hmm. that Jesus would have gone into uh, paradise and preached to the souls that were in prison there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you for the call. All right. So there you go. I don't know. That was the answer she was expecting or what. I, I know that I, I've always heard that he, he went to the Sheol or he went mm-hmm. to hell because that was where the, the keys of, of death were at. And yeah, when you hear the story, you hear that he, he took the keys of, of death and hell and so forth. And I think that there's the assumption that for us, that in order for him to do that, he had to actually go there. Uh, but that would be if we're talking about literal keys. Um, yeah, this is, it, it, it wasn't literal keys, so he didn't have to literally go into hell and then have demons, uh, you know, beat him for for three days. There, a lot of people hold to that that particular position, but the more I've studied, the more I find I can't prove it. And if I can't prove it, then I have to default to only what the Scripture says. And oh, I, you can become a member of the Church of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's an inside joke between yeah. the pastor. I used to be a member of the Church of Christ. So. <laughs> no worries. They say they say that they everything that they do is either what the, the word said or they don't do it because the word doesn't say it. Mm. And I say, uh, be careful, yes. Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> this is saying, the Bible, guys. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. It's just, yeah. It's that's not. They don't adhere by their own. No, no, of course not. You know, yeah. theologies at times, but neither does any religion. Yeah, yeah. That's the key. And I like that you don't know, and you admit you don't know. You know, I was in. I was doing a an academic uh, conference one time, and I was at a, a round table, and someone asked a question. It was like four or five of us up there at this panel, and they asked a question. And uh, to me directly, and my response was, I don't know. And one of the other professors, he'd much older than I was, he said, that was a smart answer. Yeah, that's because true wisdom at that point. Right. When you don't know, it's best just to say you don't know Yeah, and not try to blag it. Don't try to make something up. Yeah. Because yeah. it'll come back to bite you. Uh, it always does. Yeah. Always the way does. it works. Okay. we got a few moments left. Let's talk about school. Yep. And again, so that you'll know how to defend the faith. Mm-hmm. You need to know what's in the Bible. Here you go. From the Old Testament yep. to the New Testament. Correct. And in the New Testament, I, you can't make me believe that the disciples were writing it in such a way to disprove the Old Testament. That's and correct. And that's what the author was basically saying. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I, th- I thought that uh, Scott did a good job of not telling him you know heresy uh, he didn't he didn't get he didn't do that no i didn't that i was, give you credit for well, that well i appreciate that cuz i would have said it it would okay yes i would have well i'm glad i had the mic then um yeah the american institute um it, you can take this uh, you can take courses uh, at your leisure you can take them uh, for credit or you can take them for uh, just for additional in, uh, education 
Two tracks are available to you. I encourage you to go to AmericanInstitute.org. Get enrolled today and enjoy the journey. All right. Show thyself to be approved. Amen. Study. You know, and the only way you can do that is study. That's Just right. Saying. It's, it's the same way when you go into school, high school or college or going for a Ph.D. or whatever. You got to show that you know the the, the stuff. That's right. Got to prove it. That's All right. right. I'm going to let Scott go. I'm going to let you go. I'll see you tomorrow on a Wednesday show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.